Not hurt again. 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 Not hurt Everybody good? You hear me? Yeah, yeah. Right. Nikki talk again? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like come at your face in a while. She said, oh, shit. <laughs> What's it ready? Can you hear me? Yes. You hear? Yep, yep. <laughs> Man, and niggas pulled up your dress Style molest that Canal chain nigga Where your vest at Flex and make me wanna bless that Yo, to dumb Who same niggas Like the torch We flaming niggas Autograph that Flatten all the main it's niggas strong. The world in the palm of your hand It's strong. 23 million of you true land Mic check one two one two. If you hear my voice, you know this is the Domino Effect podcast, and as usual, I go by the name of Domino. And as always, I'm here with my partners in podcast crime. We got the uh, new assistant to Uncle Magic, the hip hop magician, my brother X One. Yeah, yeah, highly exalted, Drake the excellence. It's your boy KingLifeMediaGroup.com. Bang bang. And we got the eleven letter word for celibacy. We got Nikki Nicole in the building. <laughs> How everybody doing this weekend? It's Real Talk Sunday. That's what we doing. Yeah, it is. Y'all niggas will never hear this behind the scenes shit. But X, how you doing this weekend, B? I mean, you know, I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm regular, regular. I should say thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. That's what we here for. How you doing, Nikki? How's your weekend been? I'm pretty cool. Um, productive in an artistic way. Yeah, that shit. All right, now we do have a guest today, but our guest is running a little late. But uh, let's start the show off. So in today was a good day segment. Uh, shout out to our guests and I guess the city of Bridgeport. Uh, they held a concert or a festival at McCleavy Green. It was the, uh, let me see. It was the fourth annual Freedom Community Festival. It was uh, held thrown by our guests that will be here shortly in the city of Bridgeport. Shout out to them. It was a lot of events down there. It was face painting. It was music. It was, you know, people selling their stuff. You know, shout out to all the black entrepreneurs and the black businesses down there doing their thing. Salute, salute, So, what we're going to do now is jump into the segment, This Can't, can't be, life. be Life. So, damn, nigga. Just thought this shit just popped up on my Facebook, that picture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't even mean to open Facebook. I just, I just saw a mad titty. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, oh, shit. it's a lot of tits. You got gifts, baby. 
so let's start this off I with love um. Too. You say you. I love him. We love him too. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to Teddy. You know Titties. what? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of turned off to titties now. Like honestly, like, off. off. Kind of turned off by titties. Why? Like I saw my baby mother breastfeeding, and it, and it put titties in a whole new light for me. Like these oh, ain't really. My God. These ain't really like Which fun bags. Are? These is really like for like nurturing and they shit. I mean, all right, so you put it, I'm turned back on now. <laughs> Let's do that. Put it back into perspective. <laughs> put it back into perspective. Here we go. <laughs> Nothing to say, actually, you stuck. I'm just thinking about titties right now. So, I mean, I, yeah. Shout out to the boobs. Shout, Shout out, out to the titties. To, I feel like Shout out to you, Volo- Nah, who? Hell no. Shout I out to like- the voluptuous women out there. Shout out to you, uh, Double D. Anything D and above, shout out to y'all. My brain is just thinking in slow motion. Tits, fact, shout out to the A-Cups. Oh, shut up. A-Cups, what? Shout out, man. Yo, female with titties. I like titties. That ain't titties. That's all nipple. Shout out to the boobs. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, bitch. I'm just saying shout out to titties. <laughs> word, word. Um, Beastings the balloons. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right, so Tim Duncan finally retires yeah. after a million seasons of playing in there. Shout out to Shout the greatest to power forward that ever played. He's better than Carl Malone? Yes. Got you. I'm going to say by far. By far. By cool. Far. Um, shout out to Rhapsody, the first female MC signed to Rock Nation. Uh, shout out to my nigga El Chapo. Can't keep a good nigga down. My nigga El Chapo. Are we really going? Sh- sh- okay. Mm. That nigga what? is free what? again. What were you about to say? The loyalty is unparalleled I mean, with El Chapo. What, I mean, are we really what? glorifying El Chapo? I mean, are we? What is it that we? we All right, Black Lives Matter. Come on. Tell me, tell I'm me. just asking. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm just asking. I like to play devil's advocate. So I mean, you know, what what do we? What I do mean, we, when it comes to like the what do we gain from his story? Shit, I'm just saying, it's just the nostalgia and like the the power of El Chapo. It's like, yo, this nigga really runs shit to break out of jail three times. Being that it's a, a, a Mexican jail, right? I mean, I get it. You know, Mexico ain't to think got the strongest like security or patrol right, or whatever. Right. He paying people, but for a too. nigga to break out of jail three times, right, right, it's something special. So. Shout out to my nigga El Chapo. Word. I get it. Uh, let's see. I want to get all the funny shit out the way first. Um, hip hop honors, right? Did y'all see the hip hop honors? Or did I y'all? did not, but uh, but did you see the rich homie Quan? Shout out to Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. the, I think that's a car rental place actually. Alamo is the Alamo. place. Ain't that the, the where they signed the, the Alamo? It's something. I thought that was the, the location. Alamo. Yeah, it was nah, but that's a fucking car rental place too. Like you oh. ain't you ain't see the meme where it's like Lil C's holding a fucking controller at at the Alamo place. Yeah, I did not. You didn't. Did <laughs> you gotta I see that not. shit. But rich homie Quan, let me talk to you, brother. Let me let me, let me put my arm around you, young it's brother. My nigga, you had one job. Yeah, you fucked it. One job. And even if you don't know the record, I mean, granted, granted the nigga's from Atlanta, he's from down south. Where? Who the fucking hip hop don't know? Yeah. Fuck bitches get money. Nikki might you might know Lil Kim. At least you know some of the songs. Exactly. You might know something. Yeah. Who 
But on top of that, he had a job to go up there and spit his verse and couldn't do it. My nigga, it's one even, thing to. And then his excuse was like, I had a day or two to, to rehearse. Like even still, I thought he said he read it wrong off the teleprompter. That sound even worse. Like come that's, on, man. Yeah, that's by far even worse. The but even still, looked, the way she looked at him was like, yo, <laughs> like nigga, how you don't know this? Dude. But my thing is, why they pick whose man's is this? Why they pick rich homie Quan? Yo, that was my whole thing. Yo, Lil Kim got to be fucking rich homie Quan. I think that P Diddy gave him a chance and he fucked it up. And I wonder what P Diddy has. To they could have got Uncle Murder, Mano. Somebody from Man, nigga, you could have got Fab. Right, Fab. Anybody from Brooklyn. I don't Brooklyn. know about Montana. Nah, fuck, he might have nah, fucked no, it up, no, too. No. He might have threw a hand there somewhere. You could have got anybody from Brooklyn to do Word. a biggie part. You could have even put in a call to Jay-Z. He might have did They could have called Lil C's to do it. Yo, and, and Lil C's was there. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I'm pretty sure Lil C's was there. I mean... That shit's disrespectful to that me. that was home to him back then. And then he, they gave it to this. Like, if I know I'm going on national TV and I'm about to recite one of the biggest records in hip-hop history, why wouldn't you do the extra... At honors. At honors, kind of. Why wouldn't you do the extra credit work to just be like, hey, you know, maybe I might listen to the song more than in rehearsal. Right. Now, being that y'all didn't watch the hip-hop honors, um, do y'all know who was nominated in the hip-hop honors? Nah. Nah. I ain't got cable no more, so... All right, so who do you think, if you were to think of hip-hop female rappers, who do you think would be the most legendary of the legendary to be honored? The most, I don't know, but one of the most, I'm going to say Queen Latifah and probably she MC Light. Light. Now, MC, MC Light wasn't there. Oh, she wasn't? She nah. Okay. Well, maybe she was honored before. She might have been. I think she was honored before. I don't know all the names, but I'm about to look at her right now. I know it was Queen Latifah. I know it was Salt and Pepper and uh, Spinderella. Hmm. Who did who did that song Five O'clock in the Morning? That was um Nonchalant. Nonchalant. Fucking smart as shit, cause I did. <laughs> <laughs> Freak in the morning. But she only she only had that one song, huh? Just like me. Yo, <laughs> I'm about to go home and throw Spotify <laughs> over this. Nah, but at, at the Hip Hop Honors, it was Queen Latifah, Little Kim, Salt and Pepper, Spinderella, and Missy Elliott. Okay. Now, the rat was <laughs> yo, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask, so what hip hop female artists do you feel like got slighted in that whole thing? Because I feel like the brat was one of them that should have gotten there. Lauren she, Hill. No, nah, no, nah, she, she, she definitely was. I pay attention to that. She, she definitely wasn't in it. Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, but she got one album. It don't matter. Her her one album was a major contribution. That miseducation of Lauren Hill was fire. Exactly. That's one, that's one of the best. And you pop. you gotta you can't. I mean, she got one solo album, but I mean the Fuji Fugis. albums. Yeah. I mean, the score. She, she made the score what it was. With the singing shit. And the rapper? And the rap. She she was by far the illest lyricist in, in the Fugees. I mean, she way better than Prize. <laughs> way better than Y Clef at that. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean, Lauren Hill, she cut, she, but she got one album though. Oh, what? I, I mean, it's, it's, it's how many albums does Biggie have? Biggie two. got two and a half. <laughs> you want to count the, if, if, if you want to count, count um, the, Life After Death as, as a double disc. Nah, that's one album, nigga. Okay, Come all right. <laughs> two, you want to call it three albums, but okay, so we got two albums. All right, right. so Lauren Hill has two because she was uh, in the group. Right. She still, her credit is still deserved. Yeah, but she right, don't right. got as many solo projects. That's like be. saying Andre 3000 ain't credit because he ain't got no solo album. He got right? one solo album. Oh, all right. Well, um, The Love Below. Okay. Remember when they did that joint album? Yes, it was, it was an outcast, right. but it wasn't an outcast. But, but still, he 
only I, has that. Yeah, All right, so the Brad, Lauren Hill, who else? Now, the argument on the internet is Foxy should have been in there somewhere. But the counter argument is how many hits does Foxy have by herself? Right. I think if you throw Foxy in, you got to throw Little Kim in, too. No, Little Kim is in there. Right? Oh, she, oh, she in there. Little right. Kim is definitely in there. How high are you? Um, you know, on a scale of one to ten, about a one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> one being the most? <laughs> the one being the least? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> in other words. <laughs> I'm not high at all. <laughs> so, the brat, Lauren Hill, Foxy Brown, yes or no? I'm, I'm gonna say. I no. mean, other than the did Foxy nah, Brown even write even like, write her own raps? Lil Kim didn't write, write a lot of her raps. Oh, okay. Biggie wrote a right, lot. Of so that then shit. we gotta throw Foxy you might, Brown. Yo, in too. oh, I gotta fucking find it. Um, there's a there's a a, a reference track to uh, "Fuck Bitches Get Money," right? And Biggie rapping Lil Kim part. Oh, word. Yeah, I gotta find that shit. Wow. Mm. If Peter Piper pecked them, I bet you Biggie bust them. He probably tried to fuck them. I told him not to trust them. Lyrically, I dust them. Off like sledge, hit hard like sledgehammers. Bitch with that platinum grammar, I am a diamond cluster hustler. Queen bitch, supreme bitch. If Peter Piper pecked them, I bet you Biggie bust them. He probably tried to fuck them. I told him not to trust them. Lyrically, I dust them. Off like sledge, hit hard like sledgehammers. Bitch with that platinum grammar, I am a. Diamond cluster hustler, queen bitch, supreme bitch, kill a nigga for my nigga by any means, bitch. Um, but yeah, Foxy Brown, she got ain't no nigga. She ain't got no a nigga like the one what's um? She got a bunch of al- she got a bunch of songs on 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 the firm album. What's that fucking song that she had with everybody in it? And she was doing like calculus and on on song and shit. Oh. Yo, I'm, I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about. Right. Nas wrote that verse. Though. Exactly. Like, yeah. she don't write a lot of her shit, the so... The one with um, Blackstreet. That's one. Oh. Who is the... It. Yo, I'm mad I forgot her name. What is the woman that's on um, Sway in the Morning? I'm, is it Chrissy something? Nah. It's nah. Oh um, I'm mad. Melanie. Yo, it's in, fuck. Nah. I know who you're talking about, though. Like, the like the big black chick? Yeah. I, I think she should have been in there. What? What fucking song she got out? Um, yo, you, yo, all right, explain this. What's the name? I'm, I'm trying to remember her name. She was on the real world. I don't want nobody in the real world to get nah, any. She was, she was, she was, she was old school hot. Um, she did a Lady of Rage type hot. No, 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 no. What the fuck is her name though? We gotta skip this because I'm gonna be thinking about this shit all damn. Nah. nah. Um, Google is your friend. Yeah, for real. Google it. What song did she? She did a. Guns in the air, though something. What? What was it? Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on this. Heather B. Heather B. There we go. All Glocks down. There we go. She had that. really. Yeah, yeah. That was a how many other hits she got? I don't know, but she should be in there too. But Foxy only got one hit. Just because Heather B. is one milf that I. Heather B. Yo, Heather B. is. She just got a different type of sexiness to me. I don't know. Heather B. Heather B. Let, let me, <laughs> this nigga looking at me like me I Google. got 18. Minutes. Let me Google what Heather Shout B. out to Heather no. B, boy. You <laughs> like him big like that? Heather B. Watch out for the big girl. Watch out for the big girl. She's sexy what, to me. I don't know. Not like Amber Rose sexy. She got a different type of sexy. Like, like her personality is sexy. Everything about it is sexy. Like looks as well? Yeah. Walmart? Let me see. <laughs> Nikki, like, yo, are you serious right now? Okay, I mean, hey, I'm not. No, let me see who you're looking at. 
<laughs> you know what Heather B look like, nigga. I know what Heather B look like, but you know who Yes, that's her. I ain't yes. judging. Heather B. Oh, I'm judging, nigga. What the Heather fuck is Heather B is sexy to me, yeah, right? Your dick compass is way off, nigga. Oh, <laughs> nigga. Yo. Okay, I mean, if that's that shit. You heard that here on the download. Heather B is sexy to me, yo. Fuck that. I don't give a fuck what y'all niggas talking about. Don't judge him. Like, X is the type of nigga to fuck like the cool fat chick in the the clip. (laughs) Like, yo, she cool, though. She cool, though. Hey. Whatever. Shout out to her. Word, word. Now, did y'all, speaking of hip hop, did y'all watch this video by this Asian dude called yeah. Rich Chigga? Rich Chigga. Yes. I did see that video. Yes. Now, keep it a buck. Right. Wasn't that song hot? Shells for a living in Berry gon' smell blood trail Every minute rogue wave When you niggas no fair When I hit them Every time I see a pig I don't hesitate to kill them Ain't nobody give a fuck about a rule Either get diplomas or a tool I'm a cool But my youngest gon' boo When I spray in this cage You fuckers fuck a gang Affiliated with nothing but my name Man, I don't give a fuck About a motherfucking bow I'ma pull up with that stick And hit your motherfucking bow Man, I don't give a fuck About a motherfucking bow I'ma I mean, I, it's not hot. It, I, <laughs> if you was the, nah, if you was to close your eyes and listen to that shit, that shit don't sound like a banger. I, I think it was okay. It I think it. I think the biggest draw was that he, was he didn't look with the a part, pack. Yeah. right? Like he, that's what made it entertaining. Like nobody thought nah, he was going to be a nigga that rap like that. I played it back like a nigga, a couple of times. Are you you sure? know, Chigga is supposed to be, you know, because it came out negative. in February of 2016, and I wanted to bring it up on the podcast before, but I kept forgetting. Then I saw somebody review it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I want to talk about this shit." So you got this Asian kid. I think he's like 16 or 17, and he's appropriating black culture, but it's like a spoof kind of because this nigga got on like a pink polo, he got on a fanny pack, right? The dudes on the side, the dudes on the, in the yeah. background behind him got like a it looked like a plastic gun and shit. The way like he's waving it I mean, but didn't we didn't we didn't we condemn Slim Jesus for the same type of shit though? Yeah, know. it's just entertainment with him. But do you feel like that started to be the norm now, where it's like, all right, I can hip-hop lie has, in my raps? Hip hop has always I've, been that way for me, though. I think I think there's always been a certain amount of hyperbole in hip hop, but now it's just flat out fake. Big word of the hyperbole. I'm just saying, like man. You know what I mean? <laughs> go ahead, you done? I'm good. Let's go. Nah, but but you don't feel like he's appropriating black culture with this shit. Like, I think. Uh, but do you like, think it's acceptable? Just because he's what say. Chinese or or Asian American or whatever the, whatever he is. Yeah, when is you, that why when we you rap that? like that? When you rap with. When you rap with that Chicago drill shit, how do we know he ain't lived that though? You really think this nigga with a pink polo? I on don't a know. Bag? I'm just saying. I mean, we how don't do we know, know that. We didn't know until Slim Jesus came out and said, "I'm not really exactly." Sure, I'm not really right? doing all so this we shit. don't know. Shit, we don't really know any of these niggas if they did any of that Word. shit they talk about. Any of them, everybody, all the Browns. It's, it's about whether it's believable or not. Yeah, and funny. I mean, was 
But the song was dope, though. Entertaining. You got you. You like, say it was the, dope. The nigga voice, the nigga right. voice, and his flow. That right. shit wasn't bad. That shit was kind of dope. It was cool. I don't it know if it was something I, that I would like. I didn't, I didn't like all the fucking motherfuckings and stuff like that. That's your motherfucking. That shit was y'all niggas wild. <laughs> but to keep it on the hip hop uh, plane. Let's talk about. I said I was gonna say this nigga name again on my podcast, so okay. we gonna call jump him, off Joe Beasy. Nah, chill out. We gonna call him. We call him. Doe Sudden. Pump it, man. Doe. This fucking guy. What the hell? All right, so Doe Sudden and uh, Drake went back and forth at each other. Now, on Saturday night, French Montana dropped this track with Drake with the video that was on Twitter with Drake saying, pump it up in the background. He dropped that track on Saturday, and it's a definite four bars to Joe Budden. All about the moolah, all about the moolah Word to the bird, I ain't never take a first shot Pump, pump, pump it up She got a good head on her, but I pump it up I'm not a one-head one that they know all my stuff You let me turn into the nigga that you almost was I, Then like I an hour verse was about him I mean the whole verse might have been about him But the first four bars were definitely about this nigga Right, right, dope. right Dope, dope sudden now the whole dose. <laughs> now an hour and fifty six minutes later, this nigga Doe put out a another diss track. Right. I just feel like you broke a promise to me. Only hurt cause I thought you were being honest with me. So I'm gonna try and do this honorably without the sponsoring fee. What's most alarming to me? This is emotion. That he's been writing since about May. He put a picture on Instagram talking about he's been writing this this verse since May. It comes across like he doing too much to me. Like he doing way too much. That shit is corny now. The the first track was hard. The wake shit is by far one of my favorite records right now. But how you drop another disc record in an hour? At least wait a couple of days. He didn't wait like, a couple of days. Nah, he had this shit wait in the chamber. It yeah, was like I. I feel like he got like a whole album. We know we we know. Don't sudden he, write whole albums about people. He got people. at least like, he got to make it a murder part two waiting. In the he chamber. got probably part two, three, and four. He somewhere. probably do. But just the mere fact that he put out the shit an hour later, and it was before anything. It's a ghost. It, before he put out anything else, this nigga put out this shit. That's a lot for somebody who's retired. He put out an hour or something later. That's it, it, that shit was corny. You're doing yeah, too much right now. Yeah. Like I don't. I didn't. He like definitely. Shit. He like, definitely slaughtered him. No. The track was alright. He slaughtered him. Track was good. But it was just a mere fact, like, this ain't how... Me and Nigga was talking about this. Like, this ain't how hip-hop battles are traditionally done. Right. It was like, you say something, and then I make a track about what you said responding to that. Right. And then I put it out. Not like I got shit waiting in the chamber. Waiting in the, right. And you just put it out whenever I say something. That's how Joe Button... Do, I mean, oh, shit. <laughs> Don't that's, how, that's how old boy do, though. He, got, he probably got records about a whole bunch of people. He's a stan. Nah, but Drake kind of got at him though. Like I, 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 I appreciate Are Drake's balls in that shit. Aubrey the Good. Drake's verse was garbage. Yeah, I mean it wasn't garbage, was but just wise that wasn't that wasn't hard to me. Like nah, it, it, it wasn't hard in the wake. Nah, nah not at all. Wake but by far was. I feel like Wake as a song was dope, but lyrically, bar wise, that making a murderer is what did it. Making a murderer is charged up. Wake is nah, to, nah, not to me. To me, it's the other way around. Really? Yeah. You feel like you feel like making a murder was harder than wake? Lyrically, yeah. 
lyrically but, but, and, but and bar wise, wise, but this wise as just a diss record, I like Wake more. Okay, so we so we talking about diss record. So diss record wise, Wake was harder than Wake is harder, but you know, I mean, it's more. Yeah, all right, I I, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that nigga Joe, he really fucked up his momentum because he put out the Freedom Freestyle and then he put out the, the other shit. He, tra- he reaching for fucking yeah, publicity and shit. Yeah. Aubrey's nuts. That's what he's reaching for. Oh, he basically, Aubrey. I mean, now because like I said, that third disc track, that shit was it was it was a good track, but that shit was corny to put out like a like a literally like an hour or something later. That shit, right. I, I wasn't feeling that shit. Too now, quick, too quick. You got to make it seem like you at least put some thought into the shit. Yeah, it was pre-recorded. I'm not fucking with it. Yeah, yeah. He wants it all Now, this, this shit was like cute last week. It was it was cool. You know how you on something, but then like everybody ain't on it, so it's like it's dope as shit, but then once everybody get on it, make it instantly corny. Right, right. This Pokemon shit, they got out of control. <laughs> like straight video. up. I seen a video of people in... Park. Yeah. Yo, that Central Park shit sent me over the edge. I was like, yo, there's no fucking reason this they, many people should be huddled up with their phone in their hand. What was they trying to that. catch? The, it was the like, catch like a fucking Vaporeon, Vaporeon or something. Vaporeon, there we go. Like, <laughs> what, which yo. is the advanced form of EV, by the way. <laughs> this nigga's a Pokemon <laughs> can go to love. Look at this nigga. Yo, I can't get it on my phone. I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> I can't, I can't get it. This nigga was a Pokemon master when he was like 12. <laughs> yo, I might have been. I don't know. I don't know. I did have to get Now, this shit got niggas falling off of cliffs, hurting themselves. This shit got niggas, you know, just stuck up and robbed in the like streets. Like, it was two men. They fell off a cliff, right? One man fell 50 feet onto something, and then this other man fell 90 feet onto a beach. But the thing is that they was looking at their phone, and they fell. Did they survive? Yeah, I think I think they alive. Don't quote me on that shit. I gotta look it up. But <laughs> I know I they got hurt. Shit. If I fall ten feet, I'm fucked. Word. I'm breaking something. But this Pokemon craze has got out of control. But there there are a lot of cons with this shit because it's a what do I want to say. Like it's really a lot of signs going up. Like yo, don't come in my establishment unless you fucking buying something. Right, ain't right. no Pikachus in here. Word. You know, don't come in my yard. Word, like it's this type of shit. But you it's can a, tell people are gonna violate. Like, but it's a lot of pros with this shit because it, it's a deal going down with McDonald's where every McDonald's in the country, as far as I know, is gonna be either a Poke Stop or a gym. So anybody that wants to play the Pokemon Go game after like a certain date, every every McDonald's is gonna have. It's going to be a Pokestop or a gym where you can get either Pokeballs or exclusive shit or whatever the case Dude, may be. It's just another distraction, yeah. Word. Is there a new Pokemon movie coming out or something like that? It got to be. But Pokemon nah. been going on for like 20-something years. That shit is like Dragon Ball Z. That shit ain't going nowhere. Shout out to Nintendo, though. They, Nintendo, though. They dropping... Um, the uh, NES emulator box, whatever, oh, back yeah, in yeah. Uh, I November. I hyped about that shit because I got all them shits on my Mac. I am all them games. I'm hyped. I'm hyped just to hold the controller and play Mario. Nigga, I be playing that shit with a PlayStation controller. I could put that shit on surround sound. I know you know how to do it. But did you hear that fucking uh, Nintendo was making like 1.2 million dollars a day just off this Pokemon shit? Yeah, off this Pokemon Go shit. I believe it. I believe it. That shit is fucking ridiculous. But there are some pros that might come out of this shit, right? You know, it's bringing some people together. You know, some people are meeting up, you know, grown-ass people at that. But, you know, they might I've form friendships. Playing 
Yo, that's one thing. This shit could spawn like a fucking love affair. Some shit, you know, two people, they walking in the park. Let me set the scenarios. Two people walking in the park. Looking at <laughs> <laughs> mental note. <laughs> Yo, Nikki will be the one like, why I gotta catch him? <laughs> why I gotta? Uh, uh, why I you? Be the one catching why you got so many and I don't? No. Stubborn ass. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to catch. I want him to be free. I want him to be free. <laughs> oh, but you know, it, it'll be like two people walking on their phones. A man and a woman, or a man and a man, a woman and a woman. Equal equal opportunity. Float your boat. But yeah. <laughs> and then you know you Let's walk extend in. it to everybody A man everybody, who may you know, be you walk. Born a woman And a woman that Might have been born We ain't a man, going that far Whatever you So know. you bump into somebody Your phone's falling off. Oh I'm sorry <laughs> Here, Here's your phone And you look up you lock eyes And then be like I like Evie I like Evie too And then you sponsor a friendship And then you, 10 years later You're talking to your son Well how'd you meet mommy Well There was Evie in Central Park <laughs> And I was walking to they it They pour me on walking they, to it At the same time And we just Happen to have sex and you know made you son. Okay, I. That's why. That's why. That's that's why there's all these Evie dolls around your fucking room. Next topic, nigga. Let's go. (laughs) What the fuck? Poker woman. Poker woman, yo. (laughs) Damn. All right, now on to the serious shit that's going on around the world now. What happened on Sunday morning, or was reported on Sunday morning, that there was. Uh, seven Baton Rouge police officers shot, and they confirmed three dead as of right now. Mm. Now, this is in response, I'm guessing, to the recent killings of Philando Castro, Castile. I'm sorry. I don't think you. you I don't think. We I made him fucking Spanish. Or, or just say it's because of them. Because Why of not? Accumulation. You think this shit would have happened if it wasn't for them? I, I just want to say condolences to them cops yeah. and their families. Because yeah, that's, 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 that's the sad shit about it because the killer woke up saying, like, I'm going to kill me some cops. Right. Them cops probably woke up and said, yo, I can't wait to get home. Exactly. And now they, that's fucked up. And that's why that we were talking about last week. It's like, all right, if you're doing it senselessly, like, come on now. It's, right. If they didn't do anything to you, fall back. Exactly. But I get it, though, but that was unnecessary to kill those I get it. I, like you were saying, I, I get it, but it's still saddening because you got to see these kids that now got to be raised without their fathers. You know what I mean? And Fathers raised without their sons. I mean, you know, can't see their sons. They're right. inciting war, like fear for fear. Like Yeah, oh. because I mean, what if this shit trigger like some crazy gunman to start just shooting innocent black people? Like, right, this because, shit is crazy. Oh, oh you want to retaliate on the blue? Well, I got the blue. Yeah, like, like we could walk out this studio and get blown away Stop, on some bullshit. Not, I don't want to speak that I anymore. I guess to see, I'll be right back. All right. I don't um, know. I just think that it's extra. It's too much going on. Yeah, it's, it's definitely too much going on. It's crazy. But, it's like, know. and then they, they, they think that, you know, oh, okay, well, um, now you got people calling out the cops, but the, now the cops is going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm a fear exactly. for my life going to work now. Exactly. Like, now they got a real know. reason to fear for their life. Yes. Like, that's just only going to excite them to, to shoot more of us. And yeah. that, that's not what we need right now. We don't. And it's I crazy. Feel like people should stop trying to do too much. Yeah, for real, for real. Too much. It'd be like, oh, I'm going to get it because it got me. Like, I, I, I get the revenge, but don't just go and do everybody. Against some bullshit, you know, it's crazy. What's going on, man? Hi. Chilling. Long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Get comfy. He bears gifts. Word. I appreciate him. <laughs> <laughs> you drinking? I'm all right. 
James. What what happened? Nah, 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 nah. Come on, what the fuck? Dude, what you mean? Come on, what the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> Shit, I'm good. I'm chilling. You good over there? Test your mic real quick. Check, check. Test one, two. You hear him? Yeah, you got to bring it down a little yeah. bit. Test one, two. Yeah, he good. All right, so in the building, we got Razul Branch. Hey. How you hey, doing, everybody. good brother? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. No problem. Now, before you got here, we were discussing uh, the cops that in uh, Baton Rouge that was just killed this morning. Mm -hmm. It was uh, at least three were killed and seven were shot. Yeah, I just caught that today. Now, do you feel like this was in response to the killings that have been going on like recently? I don't think so. No, you yeah, think it was just like a random crazy man? You know what? At this point, everybody is in kind of like a, in a rush to to to, to find an enemy mm. and blame somebody for mm -hmm. something. Right. So cops get killed automatically. Oh, BLM did this. It's their right. fault. It's Obama's fault. Right, right. When you're blaming a lot of shit on Obama. You, you don't know. Obama been know. getting blamed for inciting race wars, and I mean it's like it's crazy, yo. What they going? Who they going to blame when Obama leave? Obama, Obama still. Obama, <laughs> Obama. And um, shout out to Obama. I mean, I'm not much of political, but I did read somewhere that he did decrease the deficit of our financial um our financial debt. Yeah. Yeah, and so shout out to him and his good deeds. And he raised unemployment. You know. I mean, well, raise the rate of employment. How it go? You know what I mean. <laughs> he put it in work. That's all. <laughs> he created more jobs for these niggas. <laughs> for these niggas. <laughs> now, I think this shit is in, is in response to what's been happening across the country, just for like the past right. week or two, or just you know for the past five years or so, right, right. whatever the case may be. It was a lone gunman. Targeted cops on purpose. Right. Like, yo, I'm going to kill these cops. And then he didn't have a plan on going home after. He was like, yo, I'm going to kill these cops and I'm going to die doing this shit. Right. Like, you look at the, the the shooter last year from um, the Planned Parenthood shooting. Mm. And uh, where was that? Uh, Michigan, I think it was. Yeah, I forget where that I was. I forget where it was. Crazy white dude repeating things that he had heard during uh, the um, president, the, you know, Republican presidential races. Mm was no more baby parts. And that right. was specifically said by a handful of Republican nominees. But nobody mm. went out and blamed all right-wing Christian, you know, organizations right. or whatnot, or went on this witch hunt. There was some blaming of that on it, but there was right. no there was no witch hunt as you see now as everybody, see, it's BLM's fault. They're terrorists and mm. they're trying to they're trying to kill America and blah 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 blah. And as if the you know, KKK. You know, as this as yeah, if real. the diff how can I put it? As if the the tone or actions of this is no different than those gentlemen that took over the nature preserve in uh what was it, Oregon? Oh yeah, I remember that. Then like a you know, like and those dudes them had those dudes are pointing weapons at police officers. And this wasn't or, one, two, three, four, five people. This wasn't mm. guys that were peacefully protesting. Mm. These dudes armed to the hilt. To the teeth. You know, twice. Twice they did this Clyde right. Bundy and the in the, uh, the the Bundy Bunch, mm. you know, pulled that move. But, you know, Fox News and everybody else and a lot of patrons were right there cheering those folks right. on. Right. Yeah, we're, 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 we're fighting against the government. Blah, 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 blah. It's a double standard. It's definitely a double standard. Yeah. And, I, and I brought this point up today, you know, in, in defense of the Second Amendment and people are going, you know, we, we need all these weapons to defend against, you know, a gun grab or gun confiscation or against a, a, a militarized, tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is going to come to your door when it's time to do a gun collection? 
It's not going to be these. They're not going to be like Lord of the Rings making yeah. orcs out of a volcano. I'm not going right. to give up it's my gonna, gun if you got all the guns, though. Like, I'm, It's going to be cops. It's going to be the very same cops that you're cheering on. Right now, your local PD or the people are going to be tasked with right. gun confiscation. Right. right. The same ones that you're trying, you're arming up against are trying to defend your Second Amendment rights against. Exactly. Man, it is what it is. I'm not giving a cop my gun when I know y'all shoot niggas out here at a rampant rate. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. That's for real. You know you have a gun because it's registered and all your information is registered. Well, my gun ain't registered, so... Well, the people who have... <laughs> allegedly. 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 <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> so now, speaking of police, now the Olympics are in like less than a month or something like that. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's every four 2012 years. was That's the last one. like sometimes like, damn. <laughs> like, yeah, already? it's already? Yeah. Now, the cops in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, saying, basically, if you come to this bitch, you on your own. Because what's happening is these cops ain't been paid in months. Oh. So if you step off of this resort, you on your own. That's wow. tourists, locals included. Like, it's, it's been like a war going on with drug cartels and the police. In Brazil? In Brazil. In Rio. Wow. They don't want them there. No, it's just that, that the police ain't been paid. Like, the police ain't been paid in months. Oh, so they got police officers getting beat up for free. You get, you getting shot. They got police officers dying, getting beat up, oh, drug cartels, crazy. regular criminals. They ain't being paid. That's crazy. So now they like, yo, we ain't doing shit. You come here, you on your own. Zika, robbery, whatever. <laughs> you on your own, B. Oh, I'm not fucking with you. No police protection. Damn. Or mosquito spray. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> we taking all the off cans too. All that shit. Now, also, I want to talk about this janitor from Yale, right? Well, he used to work at Yale. Uh, let me see. Corey Menifee, right? Dishwasher. A black dishwasher at Yale University was fired after he used a broomstick to smash a stained glass window that wow. had a picture of two women with bales of cotton on their head. Right. Now, shout out to this black legend. We need to honor him on fucking black history. <laughs> shout out to this nigga. Word. I love him. <laughs> Nikki, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Cool. Brown, African, whatever you want to call him. what he is. Now, he worked... In Calhoun College, that's Yale's residential college named after John C. Calhoun. And people have campaigned, like students and faculty, to take this stained glass down and they refuse to. And to change the name of the college because he was a, he was a, now, he supported that slavery. Yeah. No, it's what history. Happened? You can't take that down. History, history been fucking We're supposed to forget about slavery. We're supposed to forget about all that shit. Remember that shit. Slavery? <laughs> you niggers need to forget about well, that. Well, let's take this glass down. Yeah, yeah let's, no. let's break this shit since you don't want to <laughs> no. fucking act right. It's historical. Yes. Historical in what fashion though? It's more double standards, my brother. Like, why would you have, like... You know what? I, I'm glad it was still there, and I'm glad it was broken. I'm right. glad he did it. Yo, when I, when I saw that shit, because... like, I felt like a, a some happiness. Yeah. I was like, just right talking on. about black man. Right on. But you, you look at a, a, a university that's supposed to be as, you know, as forward-thinking and as, and as advanced and, and whatnot. And, you know, these things have their places. You know, you put them in a museum or wherever the case and whatnot. But as far as it to be part of the you know, adornments of the university of such a, you know, terrible part of American history. Right. You know, and they have argument about why we should keep this. Mm -hmm. You it's know, art on the wall. 
You know, it's kind of... You ain't going... But you know what? It's funny because it, if it was us trying to keep this thing, why are you bringing up the past? Mm. Yeah. Why are you mm -hmm. dragging all these now. things up? You need to get over it. <laughs> that was... And shout out to all the <laughs> students smart that enough to go to Yale, too. Yeah. I'd have been broke that shit. <laughs> yo, I'd have broke that shit like first two days. Yeah. I'd have been like, yo, mom, I'm happy to go here second day. Ma, I'm about to get kicked out. I'm about yeah. to go to like Southern or something because <laughs> I'm breaking this shit. <laughs> I'm about to go to Southern. Yo, yeah. everybody went to Southern after high school. It was like, yo, that was like the dumbest school that you can Like other than Houston Tonic, Damn. it was like, you can go to Houston Tonic or you can go to Southern. Like, if you got above, like, 1,100 on your SATs, you can go to Southern. No offense <laughs> to those who attend. Yeah, no offense to those who go to Southern. We know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure y'all some upstanding so, citizens. Some people I know who going to Southern. Yeah, shout out to them. But, you know, it was, it but, was, it was Bridgeport, New Haven, part two. Like, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the 13th grade. You know, it was a four-year school close to, the, close to home. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, um, also, I want to send a big uh, rest in peace to the people of Nice, France, that were killed in that terrorist Well, they call it a terrorist attack, but it's like a... I just want like like an act of a crazy person. I don't want to. I mean, this nigga. When I think terrorist attack, I think like bombs and explosions and shit. I don't really think. Well, I mean, cars, he was shooting shit up too. A, so, a, ter I mean, a terrorist is someone who incites terror. Exactly. So okay. by definition, you could do that, but we're we're very selective sometimes when we want to apply that. Right. You know, we we were slow to apply that to. To Dylan Roof when he shot all those people. When he shot oh, nah, people, I called, those I called that motherfucker a thug terrorist in the same day. People you knew for a he few minutes. He sat there and prayed with them people yo. and still found in his heart, like, yo, I like these people, but I have to shoot them. Yeah. yeah. Terrorist. You know? And then what made it even worse is the police that took him out to Burger King after. Then, like, a, a, like, uh, bulletproof vest, and yeah. they took him out. Like calmly. they, they protected that motherfucker. They was like, "This is our king, all hell." Dylan, like, white people give a fuck about us in this country. Like we just, we just <laughs> here. Like we just decoration. That there are people who are not that ignorant. To oh, no, and I, I know there are. I mean, I grew up yeah. with a lot of. I grew up with a very not all diverse background of folk mm -hmm. and, right. and whatnot that are very aware of uh, what has happened, what's going on, and what's you know about to to go down. Some are super paranoid. You know, got bunkers in the basement, kind of folks. Yeah, you know, they got, got like like the food supplies and, and, and whatnot. I don't blame but them, they're, but they're aware. You know, they're aware too. Word. But um, uh, it's just it's 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 crazy, man. It's and uh, funny, I came across a meme today that kind of uh, struck a soft point today. Okay. The meme said the same white folks that were screaming. Good. All right, so the same white folks that were screaming. Um, you know, I thought if I came across Black Lives Matters protesters, I'd plow, I'd plow right through them in that crowd, and then right. turn around, sit and wonder what kind of monster would actually plow a truck through yeah, the crowd. Yeah, like, kind of. Yo, white people are confused. <laughs> they don't know whether they want to get rid of us, or they want to hug us. They, like they, they it's, it's think, hard. you know what I, I think. I think no pun intended. It's not all. It's not, it's we, not yeah, all. We got to stop. Very, I mean, like, it's. it's we got to stop generalizing old people, too, yeah. because I personally hate when these ignorant motherfuckers say, oh, well, all black people lazy, all black people this, mm -hmm. all black people that. <clears throat> I, I hate generalizing people. Yeah, you know of course, because I mean? you, you're the one being generalized. You're the mm -hmm. black person being generalized. Right, so Why I can't we do that shit I choose to not to do I had a white woman lock her door on me the other day. Well... You was a scary nigga. <laughs> nigga, I'm not that big I'm and intimidating. I'm fucking with you. I mean, she, she might have been five for a little frail white woman, but she's coming to rape me. Oh my god! She's gonna rob you saw that video. Did you see that video? It all wear fits. The video where oh, when, uh, when she screamed rape, yeah, yeah. he was like he was like hundred yards away. Oh my god, he's raping me. 
Like, what? I'm not touching you. I die when I see that video. She but says, are you, are you Muslim? You have a turban on. You look like you were going to rape me. You can't even see that fucking far. Who can help you see 100 yards? She said, I've seen it in your eyes. You are coming to rape me. Oh, you my know, God. Sometimes my blood pressure is low, and I want to get it up to a particular point. I'll go on, like, uh, white supremacist pages. Oh my God! And whatnot. I just read. Sometimes I just, you know, what I really want to understand the psyche of certain people and why they feel the way they feel about things. I just try. I, I, I try and give everybody that benefit, right? You know, like it's sometimes fear, I go on some of these black empowerment groups and they are just as just as crazy. Like sometimes I gotta leave. Like yo, I can't. I can't deal with y'all. Just as bad, you know. But it's it's really. Interesting and like disheartening and like frustrating and aggravating to see the excuses that people use to be a racist right. or to be a bigot, you know, or to not venture outside actions of the their view. little yard to go see what the other neighbors are doing, right? You know, you know, and and everybody's not the exact same brand of of people, right? You know, we don't fit into the same box. I mean, that's but, why I say we gotta stop generalizing people. Absolutely, because there's criminals right. of all colors, races, ages, all of that, mm-hmm. backgrounds, all of that. And back to the niece, the nice, or the niece. I think it's niece. Yeah. yeah. The niece situation. Did they reveal the the identity of this person? I think they did. I, think, I can't yeah. pronounce his name though. No. Yeah, I, I ain't even, I ain't even gonna try it. But he's dead. Cop shot him dead. Yeah, yeah. And like the thing that fucked me up about it was it, it was at least. Like ten kids or teenagers that was there that got mowed over by that van, and it was just there joint fireworks. Like that's and we also got to say man. condolences to them people and their yeah, families as well. That's just tragic, just you know? wild. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, Turkey is doing what we should have been doing. Turkey got a popping. Why do you say that? <laughs> the military tried to take over Turkey. And why Try is to take that, over the Because they wanted to Why is that a good thing to you though? Huh? Why is that a good thing to you though? Why is that a thing Look what I mean <laughs> Not had, as far had, as Taking over America But look, just like Showing some resistance The problem is though The problem is though You had a democratically elected uh, right. President For Turkey Elected by The people I'm not sure I'm not sure Exactly of what Turkey's politics are right, But I know right. this is like One of the first few times In a long time They've had an open election like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'm not sure if it was a power grab from the powers that be. I, like I said, I just started hearing about it like last night. Yeah, yeah. And I still haven't had a chance to really be in front of a computer to really dig into it. But like what basically happened is the military basically enforced martial law and the president went on, I guess, FaceTime from some safe location be like, hey, people get in the streets, y'all fight for y'all country back. The people fought. And the coup that they was talking about, it, it basically failed with the military. So they wasn't able to overthrow the government and nothing like that. The but the military tried to do that. What's crazy is... What's crazy is the U.S. stockpiles nuclear bombs in Turkey. So now the whole big-ass problem is... Is Turkey safe enough to keep stockpiling them, them weapons there? And the other problem is, too... Who was really behind this coup? Because we have been known right. to walk up in a party for real and yell fire. <laughs> I think that's what I think we were. And take responsible. all the cash out register when her runs for out. Real. Yo, but, that shit remind me of that episode of Boondocks with um, uh-huh. um the Xbox Killer episode. <laughs> 
That shit, that shit is a prime example of that shit. But just the mere fact that I saw pictures of people like facing off against tanks, military personnel, armed to the teeth. Yeah, that was AKs like tanks. My nigga, they were crawling up on tanks trying to bend. They the was dragging people out of tanks. That's 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 some real. <laughs> they was dragging the army out of right tanks. There. Movie shit. Like yo, for real. That, re- that reminds me of the time I was in high school and I went to Bullet Havens and our we, there was a huge fight. Like Harden came down to Bullet Havens to fight us. We don't go bother nobody, but everybody would show up at Tech to go fight. Right. And it were like I don't know four, five, six fights that just broke out all over the place. Girls and guys. Right. And by the end of the fight, we sent all these kids packing, running back up the hill, back to wherever they came from. Right. And it was a big thing. You know, it was like 30, 40 people involved in a brawl. So halfway through the day, our principal comes on the intercom and starts talking about the situation. So the guy's fighting not the answer, blah, blah, blah. You know, this we got to find out better ways to do this and communicate. And at the end, he was like, but shout out to everybody that stuck up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he just tell us, yo, we should have fought. Yo, he just so dumb. I think it was a game. He just fought in the fight. <laughs> hey, he, he called signing. You defended yourself. Shout out for holding He's down like, the set. He's like, let me get this responsible shit out the way. Like, but yeah, good job. Come bully a Bullet Haven students like that. That nigga said, shout out to holding down the set. Nigga said it like it was Hoover. Shout out to holding nigga gang gang. You know, that shit again if it happens. Don't let no nigga come over here. Don't come hard, nigga. BH, nigga. But just for your parents, I told you about it. Now, now, but you know, but that's dope though. The president of Turkey got on like, yo, listen, go fight for your country, man. That's all it is, right now. Yeah, and that's 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 a powerful example too, because the people fought the army, nigga. The army went out and did it. Now, what person? Do you know in America can say that and we'll actually go out and fight for our That's country saying, and fight for man. our freedom? I don't know if this Nobody. Like I was saying that. last episode, everybody is pussy. <clears throat> we all hashtag and tweet these links and, you know, this, that, and the third, but It'll nobody be- actually is going out and right. all this talking ain't doing shit. I don't know if I didn't have children. <laughs> Yo, Angela that. Davis in the flesh, my nigga. <laughs> we be out there. Out there. <laughs> but I would be promoting something viciously different. That would be. I'll nice. be on the side of you with the gun. <laughs> I dare you, nigga. <laughs> but love. Like I said, in my opinion, Turkey is doing what we should have been doing when it comes to just resistance. I'm not saying overthrow the government. We still need some type of, like, you know, right. system. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm just saying we need something else because these talks and speeches ain't working because what did talking get Martin? Shot. Shot. What did he get Malcolm? Shot. What did he get fucking... Uh, Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. Shot. So. John F. Kennedy, white man. Shot. And his brother. What are all these talks getting us? Nowhere. Well, it's still but, raising awareness. There's it's, a certain amount of that comes along with revolution. There's a certain amount of uh, collateral damage or uh, casualties right. that comes out. Right. There's, there's been yeah, there's been zero bloodless you know revolutions that have. Gone down under American history ever. Said this, you know, and uh, and it's not to justify anything that's happened now. Right, I, you know, I, I don't right. advocate for the killing of police <clears throat> or anything like that. This but was built you know, on bloodshed. Martin getting shot, Malcolm getting shot, JFK getting shot, his brother getting shot, right. you know, and killed for their beliefs or for the disruption of the status quo is something that we can't be afraid of, mm-hmm. you know, because that's they, they know that's what works. Like, they killed these people, 
the movie the movement continued on for a few more years, but then after mm-hmm. that, it just they just kind of fell by the way. It just fell off. You know? And then we were looking. There's, there's no like, way that we believe in. Like Jesse Jackson tried <laughs> yeah. it, didn't really work. Al Sharpton Turkey, tried it, didn't really work. The people of Turkey, who were they following? The president. President just told, gave him an action yeah. to go do. They didn't necessarily believe in the I mean, like that. It's because it, it was Turkey. Like, that was for Turkey. It was like I wanted to do something, but I need yeah. somebody to push me. Yeah, that it was, was like yo, Turkey. I want to go fight for this shit. The same, same, say, the same I give you permission here. to go. It, it was like the fuck. What's that movie called where niggas be killing niggas for a night? Um, oh, purge. The purge. The purge. It was, was yeah. kind of like the purge. It was like yeah. yo, I give you permission to go do this. It was like, all right, cool. Ooh, I'm about to go fucking fuck up the military. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I think it's where we have this like messiah complex or savior complex, and we're always looking for this one person to go out and do that. And I think the Steve, outside world rock looks throne. at us like that to do the same thing is, is was why Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton always get brought up yeah, yeah. as your leaders. That's your leaders, right? Like, no, it's not no, our leaders. No, they don't speak for us. They just no. the only ones that speak up. You know, but the bad part is the same thing happens with us. Is we're always looking for, you know, I, I call it the Jesusification of everything. <laughs> we're looking for. <laughs> That, that savior one. complex, or right. that savior, to go tell me what to do versus nah. The mission is always the same, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and I'm only using the the, the the Taliban or ISIS as an example, mm-hmm. not as a condoning of their actions. But you can kill a hundred ISIS leaders, and, and they man, back in business. Another one will pop up. They like Next Hydra, week. yo. <laughs> they like Hydra. That's exactly, crazy. exactly. You never exactly. just like, like Hydra. Mission is the same. <laughs> The mission never ever changes, yeah. ever. No matter how many of them you kill, which is which is why it's people are wondering like, oh, we need to we need to call it Islamic terrorism. Right. You can call it whatever what you want. It's not going to change the ideology. It's not right. going to change the way they fight. It's not going to change change the reason why they're fighting. Exactly. You cannot kill an idea. You can exactly. slow it down. You, you can can't delay kill it, an idea. That's but the you key. can't kill it. And That's they the have. Key. They have because everybody's on the same wavelength. Everybody right. in Black Lives Matter ain't on the same page. I think it, that's it was because like, we're not black, we're brown, and it's all mental. And if we keep yo, we brown's keep, been claimed by the Mexicans already. We can't, we can't, matter. we can't. Fight. We're all brown, and that's the point. If we're fighting over a color, can we at least fight over the same color? We're we're brown. I definitely don't want it with the Mexicans. We're, <laughs> not at all. They can have brown. Shout out to the Vatos. Yeah, we got black. I take negro. Chronically, we got that. Chronically, we're at a disadvantage. I mean, I've seen some Africans. They was pretty black. (laughs) (laughs) Really brown. It's kind of justified. Uh, If you go to the heart of Uganda, they they, they really out there black to the motherfucker. That That, that fucking equator is real. (laughs) 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 Right, I've been to the equator. Yo, that equator (laughs) is real. (laughs) I I just seen some documentaries, yo. (laughs) They got bells of fucking whatever on their head, but they they, they blacker than the motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? We're we're in a really like like weird place, especially as as people of color, black people, you know, in America, because many of us don't necessarily have a country of origin. Mm. So we're kind of stuck in this weird melting pot of a country that wanted us for our services. I can't even call it services, but wanted us for our skills, but then didn't want us at the same time. But then now you have to kind of make your way in it, and then you have to be, you know, to assimilate into this idea of of Americana without really having a sense of, like, where I'm from. Like, a lot of my friends are, are Italian, Polish, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Brazilian, right. um, you know, Eastern European, Russian. 
And a lot of them can trace when their families came here. Right. They can go back to the villages that right. their families are from or the towns or the cities and stuff that they're from, mm. you know, from wherever they came over from. But, like, you know, we did a little ancestry for my family, and the furthest back I can go was, like, 1897 and, uh, uh, you know, southern Alabama. That's about it. Have you ever tried the, um, because I know they they do this thing with, um, through Ancestry.com where they take your DNA and chase it back. I haven't done that yet because that's my, um, conspiracy theorist. I'm like, I'm not putting my DNA in the The system. I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. I thought about that same shit because I was (laughs) contemplating doing it, but I was like, yo, how do we know they're not putting this shit in a Mm. bank? They're going to sell your shit to somebody. You know what I mean? Like, they're trying to find certain shit. I have my DNA on record. Yeah. I I feel you. I feel you. I mean, I'm sure it's there anyways. I've taken swaps for life insurance <laughs> stuff so I know it's there so they don't Word. give you detailed details they just give you a general which, idea. which is good though which is still good you can right. still get an idea of the region right. of where exactly you, you came originated from. from right you know ideally like you're looking during the slave trades like a majority of us came from like four different countries right mm. you know particularly on the eastern coastline or western coastline West, of yeah, Africa western, yeah. you know and we can generally get an idea of where right. it's at and after doing the DNA stuff you know, it, it kind of pinpoints it a little bit more. Right. You know, so now you can start to get kind of an idea of the region that, you know, maybe your family came right. from. Maybe. I, I feel like that's a fucking, like, a point yeah. to take him. I feel like they just throw shit in the pot and just be like, ah, right, we're going to get this person this and that. <laughs> like, I, how the fuck can you really tell where somebody's from or where they're, like, a fourth of, like, Irish I know, man. Like, I'm, know, I'm interested from, in it just because there was— Ghana. There was a lot of stories, um, testimonials where people were like, they thought they were full on whatever, and they did them DNA tests and they realized shit. Well, you're not, you're not 30, 80, I'm 30%. You're 80% that. Right, right. I'm 30% African. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, they're like going crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm interested in trying it, but there is that part of me that's like, yo, this, this is a yeah. fucking. Right, so I'm like, if, yo, if I did the same it. thing for life insurance, so it's already there. Yeah, like, true. I might as well do it now. True, if you try true, it, true. let me know your fucking results. <laughs> if you, if you from fucking Ghana or some shit like that, and you like a fourth I'm Irish, a, I'm but then afraid you from, some like, other shit go pop up. Like, 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 like 2% Chinese. You're right. You like, know like, 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 you're or 30% Japanese. What? What the fuck? That's why I like noodles. You ain't shit for that one. That's racist? Yo, you ain't racist. shit for that. All right, I'm sorry. Just a scotch. Right. <laughs> oh, damn. All right, you know what? All right, so we're going to get delicious. Yeah. Thank you. He might be 20% Japanese. He might I fucking might like that wonton hey, shit. I ain't, I ain't got nothing against it. It's just what Shout you think. the Asians. And then the reality y'all of Y'all make the country smack. Y'all, y'all brought us Kama Sutra and anime. We fuck with y'all. Kama Sutra came from where? Asia. Kama Sutra. that came from India. Where well, the fuck? But you know, I'm if, if sure. well, India is in part included in Asia, yeah. so oh okay, <laughs> isn't it considered by default, right? No, wait, India geographically, thought, yeah, geographically, but like, all right, culture is a pangea. The the thing that unites all of us, curry. Curry on everything. Curry nigga, is on several. <laughs> I love curry, nigga. <laughs> I love curry oh, women. Shit. I love curry on my fucking steak. My chicken <laughs> curry on my women. What the fuck? Uh, oh, Jamaica's... Yeah, all right. You know what? It, interview time. Yeah. Hey. He, was to, he was about to get real personal. <laughs> nah, not even... No. Whoa. 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 <laughs> not even. <laughs> so, Mr. Branch, right? Born in Stanford. Yep. Now, at what point did, did you move to Bridgeport? Um, Shortly before the umbilical cord dried up. 
<laughs> so like mm. what three days? Yep. Okay. So you, but we're back and forth all the time. Like most of my family is like in Norwalk. Most of my family still is in Norwalk mm. and Stanford. So it was like the doctors was in Stanford. Everything we just lived in Bridgeport at the oh. time. That was basically it. Right. Everything else happened in Stanford. Right. But uh, you know, I that was Stanford, until I started school. Mm. And then uh, yeah, started school and went to Howland School. Went to Reed School. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to private how was school. That? How, how, was, how was your growing up in Bridgeport? Like, I know Reed and Howland got a certain reputation of. Yeah. It was all right, man. Like, Howland is different from Reed, like a completely different, like, batch of kids uh, and whatnot. But that's where you end up in after you graduate Howland anyways. Right. You end up either at Wilbur Cross or you end up at Reed. Shout out to Wilbur Cross. You know, like, in Reed, I'll say it was a lot more diverse than... Reed was like Reed was mostly mostly black and Hispanic kids, mm. and then when I got excuse me, not Reed Hallen was mostly black and Hispanic kids, and when I got to Reed, Reed was like you know black Hispanic. You had Cuban, you had Russian, you had Polish, and you had all kinds of like mixed blended families, and you know and a wide variety of kids because you pull kids from the East End, mm. from the East Side, from the North End. You know went to went to Reed, right? But uh, you know growing up in Bridgeport was. It was it was interesting. It was cool. I, I I can't say I spent like a ton of time in Bridgeport. My dad like you know always worked out of town. My dad's a, a, a engineer, mm. um, you know by trade, a mechanical engineer. So um, he was constantly traveling different places, or going to trade shows, or going stuff out of state. And and um, whenever we went anywhere or went out somewhere, it was always with my parents. Right. <clears throat> you know, we didn't have like a lot of friends here just yet mm. you know until a little later on in life mm. and whatnot so um you know i always my best friend you know grew up in norwalk and new canaan all right you know so i was constantly either in one of those two places or mm. i was with family or cousins or you know whoever down in stanford or whatever the case is. Right. and then um you know as we got a little further along in school that's when I started developing a lot more friendships in bridgeport okay you know, some of my neighbors and some of the kids in school and stuff so. right now, you said that you were the Bullet Havens as well. Yep. Now, what was your trade in Bullet Havens? I had two trades, believe it or not. Uh, oh, she started out. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we uh, we had gone through a transition where we lost, like, our instructors. Oh, shit. So, right. uh, I started off in plumbing, and then I graduated plumbing in graphics. Shit. I know Matt, so. your stat was in plumbing. plumbing. Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> Can't fucking lay pipe for shit. Pause, pause. Whoa. 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 <laughs> Tell it. Damn. Gigantic, Damn. gigantic pause. Talk about pause. it. That was a one right there. Pass me a beer, please. Somebody. Somebody. Yeah, please. So can you, can you work so, in plumbing so now, Rob? Is that like a... <laughs> that nigga had to change the subject real quick. <laughs> so when you were as a... Um, that, was, that was your trade. Can yep. you work in um, plumbing? Me? No, I can't work in plumbing. I still have to do my apprenticeship in hours. Because I, I left... Partway through junior year because we lost all our instructor. Like we were like probably one of the worst shops in the whole school, mm. and um, all the bad kids. Like and we started off with like twenty of us. We were deep. We were we were we were actually a gang. Basically. Yo, plumbing is always. I had like four <laughs> friends that went to Bullet Havens, and I think they all did plumbing stuff for like one. And they was literally like a gang. It was like, yo, shout out to my nigga, you know, Fredo and you know Rick that's in plumbing. You know, we actually like, had a name for it. Like we were PBC Plumbing Boot Camps. So <laughs> it was a mix of like Wu Tang and um in boot camp um, and boot camp clip. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, so we lost all our instructors. Somebody stole all our records for every work, every you know piece of uh, uh, testing that we had done. 
Right. Got to junior year. We got a new instructor. And then we're starting safety classes again. Mm. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not staying around doing this course all over again. I did safety freshman year, Mm -hmm. beginning of sophomore year. I'm not doing this all over again. So I went to our our, uh, administrator for Mm. for our class. And I'm like, hey, listen, I want to transfer to graphics. I'm going to computers. Computers is the wave. Mm. That's where we're going. We're going to do that. I need to do something I can do or have a career in when I get out of here. Right. And she was like, no. I'm like, wow, fine. All right. No, I'm transferring. I'm out. I'm going mm. to Central. Right. I don't got to have school to lunch. That's it. I'm exactly. out. <laughs> <laughs> lunch piece was all And she was like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no. We'll see what we can do. Go talk to the instructor and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I went, talked to her, you know, the instructor, um, Mr. Gavlik, which is one, you know, awesome, awesome dude. Right. Um, been doing graphic design forever, working in a printing press and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Dunlap, Miss Hanko, fantastic people. And, uh, you know, I, I put on the charm, and they said, yeah, come on, you got to make up this work in this period of time, and then you can graduate out. And I ended up going into the graphics and graduated with graphics. I still didn't do graphics when I got out. Yeah, that's when I asked, like, <laughs> did you just when you got out? I actually, do that. yeah, when I, when I graduated, I actually went to college for uh, computer info, info systems. Computer info systems. Yeah. I need some charm. I need it. So mm-hmm. I went to like school for that, and I don't charm. use it. <laughs> you went you to school for charm? No, 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 the computer shit. Like I don't, I don't use that shit for nothing. Yeah. Turn on the yeah, I went no. to computer info systems and DOS and everything like that. Got A plus certifications. Yeah. Started going in for C plus plus stuff, and then just like you know what, I don't want to be in an office all I like day. This shit. Yeah, I don't want to be stuck in an office talking to shit. machines. <laughs> All day long, and I look at us now. We're growing up now. We're stuck in an office talking Fuck to machines. Yeah. <laughs> That's one motherfucking life, man. Yeah, that A plus shit. Like to take the test is like like hundred something dollars, two hundred something dollars, yeah. yeah. and then it changes for you to take the test. You got to pay to take the test, and yeah. and if you fail, you have to take it again. You got to yeah. you gotta pay again, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it changes like every six months. Brand new A plus plus book. Or A plus right. book coming yeah, out. Yeah, because I'm always you know? being invented. Like the technology that's out now, you're already six months behind. Exactly. You know? Like it's it's nothing new. It's probably beyond six months too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I and I was doing multiple things. I was I was DJing. I started DJing when I was 15 years old. Um, I was cutting hair at the same time. I was working in retail at the same time. And uh, I'm like, yo, I, I I work with people. Like I like being mm. around people. I like meeting different people and. And hearing new experiences and all that stuff. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to switch to business management. All right. So I switched my trade over to, or switched my major over to business management. Mm. And um, went forward from there. So I kind of always was involved in business anyways. Mm. And then, uh, you know, that's how, you know, some of my adventures or ventures and stuff that were, were born was, you know, during that, during that switch. Right. So I could kind of do everything basically is why. I got the business and you know, admin degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, also, you were a substitute teacher at one point, right? Yes, I was. Because you probably don't remember me, but you <laughs> subbed my class like a couple times. Right? <laughs> what is that, Central or Wilbercross? Wilbercross. Oh, wow. Okay. You yeah. were my first started. Yeah, I was. Okay. Yeah. Now, what made you get into substitute teaching? Was it the I, money or just something to do? I had a ball in high school. Mm. Like, it's probably one of the most fun times of my entire life was going to high school. As right. rough as some of the little patches and stuff were, yeah, yeah. I really found out what I was capable of and who I was in high school. So after I got out, um, I really wanted to, like, yo, I would love to get, I wish I could go back to high school again. Damn, right, this right. Is fun. <laughs> you know, and uh, working in retail since I was 16, you know, I used to work at Old Navy. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my first, like, on-the-books job. Right. And 
how unrewarding that shit was. Because I could sell $2,000 worth of clothes in a week, and I'm coming home with a $200 check. Like, nigga. Nigga. What's my... Nigga. You know? And don't let me t- don't let me hit that overtime mark or something. Like, oh, you got, you got to go home. You got to punch out. You got to oh, punch, punch out. Right now. <laughs> but I'm here. You know, I'm like, come on, man. Like, I want to work. Yeah, exactly. I want to work. <laughs> so, um... So I, I don't even. I think one of my friends, a couple of my friends, were going to school for teaching. A bunch of my friends were going to school for for education and whatnot. So, mm. and they started talking like, "Oh yeah, the Bridgeport City Bridgeport's hiring for uh, substitute teachers, and you don't have to have a, your degree yet, and you just have to be going to college and mm. have X amount of credits and yada yada yada." I'm like, "Yeah, that'll be fun. Y'all get like regular nine to five hours, or, mm. you know? They, they they pay like seventy five to hundred bucks a day." Mm. And I'm like, "Oh, this is easy. I'm right. good. I'm good. All right, got this." Yeah. It was like I like I like working with kids. I've been working with kids since I was twelve years old. My dad used to work with kids, and mm. so it just nat- came natural. Like, oh, this is great. Right. I'm close related to them, so mm. fill out the application, got hired, ended up at Wilbur Cross for my first gig. Right. You know, the funny part is, uh, I actually ended up, I'm lying, I ended up at Central for my first gig, and my girlfriend was in my class at the time. At Central? At Central High School. So I was I was nineteen Yo, ask when the I face. started. <laughs> <laughs> I was nineteen. Ask, ask the question. Oh, you you was nineteen. I was nineteen. She was eighteen. We were only a year apart. Okay. Okay. I was like, whoa. No, no, no. We had been we had been together since I was since she was fourteen. I was fifteen. Okay. We were together. Okay. Yo, I, I wish you had a fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Everybody makes that face every time like, I say that. Every time, yo, if, if, if people like, don't wait, understand what? how young I was this when I started freak. teaching. <laughs> <laughs> you but, are one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I was I was I was mad young when I started substitute teaching. I was ni- I was nineteen years old okay. when I started okay. substitute teaching. So and then, you know, we, you know like my girlfriend at the time, we were only a year apart. Okay, right. so, so, I get it. No, no, I get no, it. No, no pedos. No pedos. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the whole episode off. Sorry, I know we talked about a lot of shit yeah. tonight. But, <laughs> Scratch all this shit. <laughs> now, which did you go to college? You said you went to college. Yeah, I went to college. Went to, went to Norwalk Community College, and okay. I went to Houstonic Community College. Shout out to Houstonic. So, no, yeah, I was in there for a little while. How'd it go? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like your stop, one of those stops in your journey. Exactly. Like, I got to be here for a little while. Uh, yeah. College now, experience on the budget. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it after college or before college where you you figure like, yo, self employment ain't like employment ain't for me. Like working for somebody else ain't for me. Where I got to get into my own self employment. Right after I quit my job. Um, in the retail, mm. but then at, it at was, Old Navy. Then, but then it was when I couldn't go back. It, you know, I was flirting on that line. I was still DJing, like you know, when I was DJing, I was making you know double the money I was making working thirty, forty hours a week Damn. in a retail job. Mm. That's great, you know. And um, you know, at that time it was six twenty five an hour. You know, wow. and there's and there's cats coming in like after me that are making like seven twenty five, eight thousand. I'm like, what the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then um. Just the treatment I got after a while, like, yo, I've been here for like three and a half years, mm. and you guys are gonna start treating me like this. Right. You know, now, like, I've been with y'all for about yeah. ride or die. Like, I know I come y'all. Here, like, I, know, I know I got my Saturdays off all the time, but damn, like, I'm here for you all the other hours and whatnot. Yeah, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you what the fuck to do. I know what to do before you even get here. <laughs> but I mean, you had to build that base yeah. by doing that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I DJed all the company Christmas parties, all the the, the secret mall events and stuff for the right. company, and all that other fun stuff. But 
you know, after seeing that treatment, like, damn, like, I'm over here, like, selling clothes. I'm right. selling, like, $2,000 worth of clothes a week. Right, right. You know, right. my paycheck still looks the same. And now you guys are acting ungrateful. Um, <laughs> substitution was way more rewarding, right. working with kids and students and then passing on that very, very recent knowledge to them. And then for them to see you, like, you're a teacher? Right. You know, like, like my first two years working at Central, like, I don't know how many times I got stopped. Where's your pass at? I work here. Ha, 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 ha. Funny. Where's your pass? Oh, <laughs> man. Damn. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Central was hard with that shit, you know? too, boy. I'm like, no, seriously. I, work, I never would dress like a teacher when I go in. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know? Definitely not. But, um... Coolest nigga in Wilbur Cross. <laughs> we, yo, you know, you, you know them teachers that, you know, you just don't do shit all day. Right. Write your name on the board. Don't throw nothing. Don't set nothing on fire. We cool. Good. <laughs> the whole day, we just chilling, watching fucking videos and just drawing and Word. messing with girls. Yeah, when I, you know, I came in, I was, uh, my first my first gig at Cross was art uh, art teacher. Word. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I do art. This is great. Mm. So I got to pull out, like, all my old stuff from my art classes and everything. And I guess they hadn't done a lot of this stuff. Right. And whatnot. So I was like, really? Y'all haven't really? This, this is the stuff we're Yo, doing, like our, fifth, sixth yeah. grade. And so, I mean, you was a shit. You was a full time teacher over there? Uh, basically, I was working full time hours. Okay. So, I mean, did they give you a curriculum or they just no. was like, so oh, they just they had some work. They had some oh. work laid out on the desk. I had to make up like everything. Like, otherwise, oh, okay. it was like either dittos left to do stuff or right. I had to make up stuff to do. Okay. And whatnot. So, like, art class is like, I was on my own. I substitute art teaching. I think art class for like, I don't know, probably like two months. Oh, wow. What was your favorite job? I say substitute teaching. I say substitute teaching. I met like so many people, you know, substitute teaching. I mean, Old Navy was fantastic working retail in the mall because I met like a ton of people doing that too. Right, right. You know, people I otherwise would have probably never met. And I think it's aided in a lot of the shaping of my career now is just being able to know so many people. Right. And then now to know so many students um, as well. Um, but if, yeah, I think the substitute teaching was probably the most rewarding because there was a lot of people that remembered the stuff that I was doing or showing them. Like I always bring my camera in the school. Right. I let the kids play with my camera or we take pictures or whatever the case is. And I bring the stuff in and I show them different, you know, types of exposures and all kinds of other things like that. And just kind of showing them a very, very different image of, you know, black men. Right. You know, or black youth. Right, right. And whatnot. Because we I wasn't that far in age away from the kids. As a matter of right. fact, some of the kids I was substitute teaching were the same age as me. Dang. You know, when I was at Central. <laughs> or older. You know, oh, so. Um, Shout out to Edgar. <laughs> oh, my God. You know this exactly nigga what really did. <laughs> Yo, this guy. <laughs> oh, I love that dude, man. That dude's forever young. He'll never get old. I just seen him like Mm-mm. two days ago. He looks like looks like I seen him in 2000. He still got the fucking. Uh, the what's name's in, in, in his backpack? <laughs> he was he's driving a car this time. So. He's driving a car. So the backpack is probably in the backseat. <laughs> so, Roz, I have a question for you. What's up? Having done retail and you have, you know, your business and everything, what what would you say or what kind of type of advice would you give to someone who is in between jobs and still has artistic dreams and or business dreams? Tap into that creativity. Like, no idea is too crazy. There are people around running around Central Park chasing Pikachu. <laughs> There's no idea too crazy. Shout or too to ridiculous. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down, write it down, right. write it down some more. Right. Get Buy mad journals, buy notebooks, and put all that stuff down because you never know when it's going to be an opportunity for any of those ideas to come to fruition mm-hmm. or be a lane opened up to fill a void somewhere. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing right now, you know, it has its, high, it has its, has its ups and it has its downs. 
You know, it's not a it's not an everlasting fountain of money coming in for these things, especially pursuing your dreams or whatnot. Right. But I'm I'm actually I'm living parts of my dream right now. Right. You know, I like I've I always envisioned having an art gallery, you know, slash event space slash community hub. Right. That did that. multiple different things because that yeah exactly that space is is how my brain works and my personality. I have a bike shop in my basement. Right. I have an art gallery upstairs. It's a performance space as well. It doubles as my office. That's what's up. You know, there's multiple groups like the Zulu Nation. You know, uh, Bridgeport chapter meets there. I have yeah. a comedic improv group that meets there. I have a theater performance group no that meets group. there. Mm. Um, you know, I have multiple people to come in and use the space for different purposes. Right. It's a meeting space for multiple different kinds of groups and whatnot. And it's, you know, it's a launching pad for, like, I Love Bridgeport, Magnacon 7, and, you know, dozens of other ideas and whatnot. And that's basically how my brain had worked. That's why I went into business management. Right. Because I was already doing multiple things already. Mm. Now, what did you do to fund that? Um, that space? Well, part of my life, uh, for a good portion of it, I was a party promoter. Right. So I used to throw, you know, a lot of a lot of club events and stuff. I worked primarily in New Haven uh, okay. for a long time. And, you know, you, you, if you're alive, you've probably been to the Bolinelli at least once. Right, right, uh, right. I know right. first, the Bolorama Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, we started that event... Like 12 years ago, actually. Oh, wow. We started, Damn, I didn't know it was that long. Damn. Yeah, we started it. It feels crazy like it's been that long. Oh, we started in, it started as a college trip, basically. Right. Booking these things for, for our class and, and whatnot. Right. Um, we did it for a couple of months. The number grew. The, the alley was usually dead on those nights. Right. The, the management kind of loved the idea. The students were like, hey, if you did this every week, we come back. That's what's up. You know, we were tied into a lot of colleges and everything, with, you know, with, with local... Uh, student government stuff, and it just took wow. off, you know. And, and two, things get old eventually, and it kind of took a dive for a while. So I was this close to shutting it down not doing no more because I'm like, Word. this is it. Yo, hit the, hit, it's, it's a wrap. Right. We'll do something else now. Word. And then we kind of <clears throat> closed for a couple of weeks for Christmas and New Year's. And then that's um, when everybody four, five, came six years back. Ago. Yeah, being gone for that two weeks and kind of right. doing a quick rebranding and people missing it for a little while right. just... I mean, do you find that to be the case sometimes where, like, you do something and you feel like it's not working and then you stop and then people are like, yo, Yeah, people realize it's gone. Right. You know, the same thing goes with the age-old saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. You disappear. Like, oh, I missed you, baby. Like, come back home, please. I've been here every single day. Word. Right? (laughs) And now you miss me. I've been away a week and then you miss me. So Now you miss me. Now, when you was talking about the space, you was talking about Bridgeport Creates, right? Yep. All right. Now, what was your first business venture? My first business venture was with my dad, VIP Studios, so the photography uh, business. So it was his, but I was his assistant, vice president. Right, the right, case. right. So mm. I was signing up contracts. I was bringing in clients. You know, I was booking stuff. That's I was running so. the space. I had my keys to our to our, our studio. Our first studio actually is uh, over on Connecticut Avenue. Okay. Uh, in the Innovation Center. At the right. Okay. Yeah. So right. Um, you probably have been there. It's... Um, Gallery 1212. And so have you ever been to Lyrical Voices, any of their old yeah, show? Yeah, okay, I've been there That once, space yeah. was the second space, just right around the corner from that was our first one. It was a smaller one. Oh, And we okay. needed something bigger, gotcha. but Gallery 1212 was like our home for for years. Gotcha. You know, and then we moved over to, to Barnum and East Main Street in the BTTC building, uh, mm-hmm. where over Bridge Academy was at. Okay. That was actually, that was my favorite space was that, that was one. Really so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But yeah, that that was my first business venture was running a photography studio mm. um, with my dad. My first solo one was Too Much Entertainment Group. 
Too much entertainment. Okay. All right. And that's that. where like the bowling alley stuff started underneath and right. parties at Murphy's Law and uh Shots some of the Murphy's. stuff. Murphy's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the stuff we were doing at New Haven with um the Bottega Lounge and Hula Hanks. Um Hula Hanks is gone. Tropical, yeah, all that stuff is gone now. Yeah. So. Hula Hanks. Tropical and I'm trying to think who else, what other places we did. We did a bunch of places up there. You know, and then working in the arts in New Haven as well, too. You know, I used to, before I started doing arts in Bridgeboro, I was doing arts in New Haven. Okay. Uh, with the New Haven Arts Council. We did our first graffiti show uh, up there. Oh, shit. Okay. So, uh, what You Write was the first one. It got a like, crazy write-up. We did an uh, art show with about maybe like 20 artists in their office gallery. We had like 400 people, you know, show up for the opening night. It was like the biggest opening they had ever had in that. That got to be a good feeling. It was a fantastic feeling, especially being, you know, a 20-something-year-old you know, coming into this arena, into a city you're not really from. Right. You know, and then coming in with, a, you know, groups of graffiti artists mm. and something this office has never done before mm. or this, you know, organization has never really embraced like that. Mm. And then just to get the amount of fanfare, <clears throat> you know, from the press, um, from the community, because it, it was a crazy, like, mix of people. It was, you know, black, white, old, Spanish, Asian, like, mm. all in between kinds of people showed up. You know, to this thing, we had break dancers downstairs because it was a dance studio on the first floor. Um, and we, so we had breakers down there breaking. We had a DJ upstairs in the office spinning. Mm. We had artwork and cubicles and on the walls and everything. And it right. was just it was just a really, really dope, dope. It wouldn't great if we made some money. But, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, just, just to accomplish that with your people, you know, and some of the guys that you grew up in was, was pretty dope. Now, you co-created and created a lot of stuff that's going on in Bridgeport. So, the MagnaCon 7, I, I pronounced that right? Yep. MagnaCon 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Bridgeport, obviously, the Bridge, Bridgeport creates. Now, was it your dad that gave you this business mind? Um, partially, yeah. He he definitely encouraged me to always, you know, be in business for yourself or to create a business or mm-hmm. something like that. Because, you know, even though my dad was a, a, a you know a mechanical engineer, um, or design engineer, he had the photography business on the side as well, too. And then, mm-hmm. you know, my mom used to work as a uh, data entry um, person for, like, Bartlett Tree in Stanford for, like, mm. 20-something years. They wanted her to take on some other kind of position, and she was like, nah, I'm straight, and then they gave her a pink slip the next day. Mm. Two days later, my mom starts a daycare. Mm. Word. Yeah, which, ran for like, which ran Word. for, like, 20 years. Shit. You know, so, that. Um, and it was like something she had always wanted to do. And now that she got she got the fire to do it, you know, or she got laid off. She's like, all right, boom, I'm gonna do it. And the same thing happened with me. Like I couldn't go back to substitute teaching because they changed all the rules on it now. Because now I had to have a teaching certificate, and now you had to have, um, you know, at least an associate's or be on your way to a, a bachelor's mm-hmm. at least. And then um, they were, yeah, you can't come back to work now, Mr. Branch. It's fucked up. And I'm like, damn. And I'm stuck. I'm like, and it's like, it's like the last two weeks of summer. And I'm like, I'm all set. Like, oh, I'm going back to substitute teaching this year. Yeah, it's going to be great. Fantastic. And start you ain't got a job. Yeah. Hold up, nigga. Hold up. Oh, man. What? You know, so... So after that happened, I'm like, I'm going through the panic, you know, the panic move. Anybody's been unemployed and mm. got the rug, you know, the rug ripped out from under <laughs> you. Like that. Literally, just like had this conversation. It's a shitty feeling, man. Like, it definitely is. Uncertainty, like, what am I going to do? I got bills. Yeah, I got bills. Oh. And then um, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? We're going to figure it out. We're going to make it work. And somehow, some way, you know, I ended up back. It was still in, still in school. My parents, you know, gave me some, you know, some bread to go back to college. Mm-hmm. You know, at least, like, listen, just go to school mm-hmm. for now. 
You'll figure out work. You'll find right. a job. Just apply for some stuff. All right, bet. All right, cool. So did that and then just got dragged into, you know, the promotion stuff. I ended up in a, a marketing class with two other um, students that went to Sacred Heart. Mm. And our project for the class was a nightclub, actually. That's where we basically designed a marketing plan for, for a nightclub. Okay. And um, then they're like, hey, how about we do this for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, bet. All right, cool. Yeah, let's so, do this shit. Know, first People party. Like the party. We in college. <laughs> first like party we had thrown outside of, like, house parties and stuff that we used to do or parties at my you know, my parents' house and everything was uh, CJ's. It used to be Cactus Jack's in um, mm. in uh Fairfield. Too young to uh, even It's know now Peppy's Pizza <laughs> on Commerce Drive right. in Bridgeport. But that used to be a bar. So oh, some owners that, you know, restaurant business wasn't going on that great. And like, well, we got this bar. I'm like, no problem. I got a we lot got of... We got you. I got a lot of alcoholic friends. We got a lot of white girls that like to get drunk. Especially <laughs> like Sacred Heart. So we got a lot. It was, yo, it was, it was, yo, it was probably <laughs> one of the... It was one of the most memorable party, you know... Eras that we had too, as well, man. We had we had kids from Who's Sonic, we had kids from Sega Heart, we had kids from UB. Mm. You know, Southern so kids from Southern started coming down. Oh, Some kids shit. from Fair for You started coming over. It was eighteen to party, twenty one to drink. So it was like perfect, right? Perfect, yeah, was it man. easy to bring all of them people together for those? You know what? Like I, I believe in networking, and I networked with a lot of people, right, and whatnot. So in my case, it was easy. It's not easy just to, to come out of nowhere. And right. do that because now you got to earn people's trust. You got to make some friends. People right, got to right. co-sign you. Like, yeah, you should go to this party. This party's dope and whatnot. So, it I made it easier because I put in a lot of hard work to right. build networks and multiple networks together. Plus, right. the two other people that I was with um, with the partnership were um, promoters in themselves too, and they had a crew of people that were at Sacred Heart, and they had been doing parties prior to us getting together too. Right. So then that just kind of steamrolled into. The other parties into you know doing some of the stuff in Bridgeport and then doing stuff in New Haven, right? Um, some stuff in Stanford, some stuff in Montreal, Canada. Oh wow! Um, wow. Which you know, which which I got to carved out a whole different other part of my life as well. Was you too. you was you was I remember something about Canada. We used to was go- big bus trips to Canada, Canada trips. Oh, okay. was lit. I heard, and, that's, and that started under us. A lot of pregnancies happening. Yeah. I heard. I heard. That's so I've heard. <laughs> Shout out to the white chicks with mixed babies. Oh uh, my was There was a lot of there was a lot of. You know, a lot, a lot of babies. Uh, I mean, made I heard like it was a school trip. trip. It was a lot of, it was a lot of snow bunnies on that joint. It, it started out as a school trip at Houstonic, and that shit I was like Freak Nick O two. It was Freak Nick. It was wild. It was a wild, wild, wild young. Oh shit! Big booty hoes. How put it? Half of us weren't even legal drinking age, but in Montreal at that time, we were all legal drinking. Oh age. yeah. Oh, oh shit. Legal drinking age is eighteen in Montreal. Yeah, it's a whole lot of them Canada yeah. babies. Uh. So yeah, the, the School had done it. Oh, Daddy's from Connecticut, <laughs> and uh, we went the first time. We had a ball, yo. We're like, yo, we got, we got to, yo, you got to go to Canada. We got to go, but man. nobody from outside the school could go because it was only a school for a school trip. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, we decided to get a second bus, right? And um, take whoever wanted. So the school was like, "Well, nah, you can't do that. Um, we're gonna cancel our trip if you don't cancel yours." Oh man! So like, All right, shit. I want to screw it up for everybody else. Sorry, guys. We yeah. trip. Cancel right. our trip. Maybe like a week or two later, the school canceled the trip anyways. Oh shit. Like, what? And then everybody's like freaking out, like, what? We can't not go to Canada. We gotta go. There's <laughs> too many white babies. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so um we end up um 
rebooking the trip again with our traveling. Hey, listen, I got all these kids that like were paying for their trip. They want to go. Right. And we ended up doing the trip. Started off with one bus, and by the at the peak of the trip, we we totaled out at like three fifty five passenger coach buses, Big two fifteen passenger vans. How would it? In in, in, oh, a, in a suburban. Oh we ended shit. up Dragging up to Canada, and this trip would go on every single year. I mean, it was it was bananas. The only reason we stopped is because of the passport. Oh, I know it was we mad STDs transfer across <laughs> across country lines and shit. Oh All my that. god! We introduced, you know, the cool Shout part about trip was just introducing so many people, black, white, Hispanic, to a foreign country or a place that was different than here. That was only five and a half hours away. Right. You know, a world that was completely different right, right. from the one that they had been used to. So, you know, it, it was dope really putting on a lot of people to a completely different place. And it's, you'd be surprised who went on them trips. Like, a lot of people like, that like in Richmond now— not, not even just that, but a lot of people that are, like, kind of, like, big time now or, like, you know, doing really well now— they went on, on all trips with the fucking three XTs. They was fucking mad bitches. You know, like a lot, a lot of party promoters. Got to go there. You know she. But yeah, a lot, a lot of party promoters actually used to I'm go sorry, on trips with us, though. <laughs> <laughs> SMH. <laughs> all right, now I want to mention like a business that you created or been a part of, and I want you, I want you to break down what the business is. Now, MagnaCon Seven. What exactly is that? All right, MagnaCon Seven is like my, I guess my dream ADD company. Okay. So, I had created that. It's weird after a breakup, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, we can get into that story if you want. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had gone through a string of like really bad, also really bad relationships, but unsuccessful relationships. Right. And uh, just kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna take some time away. I'm gonna do my thing. Right. I'm gonna get back to me, and I'm gonna focus into to this company and doing this stuff for whatever cases. So I started. I, I saw this watch that I wanted, and uh, was it Nixon? Okay. All right. And the name of this watch was it was called the Magnacon SS. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I like that. And the watch was like a grand Ooh. for this for this joint. So, and I'm like, I want that watch, and I just kind of like started forming this whole idea around. That watch, not necessarily in a materialistic way. I just liked how it sounded. I liked how how it looked. I liked the quality of the watch. And then I'm like, I'm gonna use that, you mm-hmm. know. And like when I get to this particular level, I'm gonna buy that watch. That watch. And that's something that I'm gonna pass. You know, it's gonna be an heirloom. I'm gonna pass that down to my son or my daughter, right? Um, and whatnot. And then just fishing around for names. It was the first time I had been by myself in a company because everything else I had done had been partnerships and stuff. So I was had to consider. You know, other people in them. So, Madden Concept mm-hmm. was the first company that I could create alone. Right. So, I can have <clears throat> all of my whatever energy going into it and creative, creative, whatever. Okay. So, the seven came in there as part of um, the number of completion. It appears in the Bible the most times out of any other number. Okay. Um, and the MagnaCon broken down is magna, which means great. And then con means is uh, it's broken down to like Latin or something like that with uh, commitment. So, okay. it was great commitment. To completion, basically, was the idea behind it. So then I started making these sub um, subgroups under the company. So one, I wanted to do, I wanted to do like full, uh, full on, full fledged event planning, event design, like Mm. festivals, uh, concerts, uh, parades, um, 
trade shows and all the other stuff and whatnot. It's a big, big market stuff. So that was part of one of them. The other part of it was, uh, was I wanted a real estate portion of it. Okay. You know, the other part of it I wanted in, uh, an art component of it for, you know, for art installations, for, uh, public, you know, public art murals and art shows and artist management and all those other things. So, um, I wanted this multifaceted company that had multiple branches and sub companies and, you know, in, in different target areas of interest because you can't ever just focus into one thing. At least in my mind, you can't right. focus on one thing. Okay. Uh, now, Bridgeport Creates, that's a branch off of that tree? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, what exactly is Bridgeport Creates? So, is that just a building or is that like a whole... Uh, Bridgeport Creates is basically the storefront. Okay. So, um, that's my event space, art space, and whatnot. So, that came about through a program that was in um, after we'd done a couple of these shows, which one was the Beautiful Crime Show, which is this huge graffiti and pop art show right. that we had started in 2011 with my uh, cousin Jason. Mm. And um, I caught the attention of a couple of other people in the artist community, and we had really started to bring together artists in a way that hadn't been brought together with that amount of people brought together. A lot of the stuff in art in Bridgeport was very you know, niche-marketed. Right. You know, so it would be the same 30, 40, 50, 60 people all the mm. time at the same stuff, mm. you know? So I was like, no, nah, we can't do that. It's got to be big. It's got to be huge. And we did this whole show and we put all these artists together, put 50 artists together in one building into a 4,000 square foot gallery. We got like a thousand people opening night. So mm. combining the, the, the effort, energy and whatnot from my promotional background mm. with, you know, my artistic contacts mm. and the artists, the acumen of a lot of our friends of our contacts. Okay. Combining all those together created this whole, you know, big thing. So, um, I got invited to be a part of this program, which was a, uh, a space reuse program called uh, Create Here Now. Okay. And uh, what it did was take empty storefronts and put artists or, uh, or cultural innovators and whatnot into spaces to create um, basically like staging for, <clears throat> for empty storefronts. So okay. it would help encourage um, traffic and people to come by and people check out spaces and the rent, some of the other spaces in the building. So mm. they ended up with the Arcade, arcade Mall. And then part of that ended up at McLevy Hall as well, too. Okay. Some of those programs, which is helping to encourage uh, traffic into those spaces. Right. And um, the name, actually, Bishport Creates, was actually kind of thrown at me. I had no intention of really opening a storefront. Mm. I was brought in as, like, a project manager for a couple of things for the program. Right. But the woman I work with, or work for, was uh, Margaret Bordell, phenomenal uh, arts person in the arts community for Connecticut, like ama- amazing. Okay. Lady, it's a lady. That's a lady that gets it. White lady that really gets right. it. Right. <laughs> you know, so dope, dope lady. You love her when you meet her. What's what's your name? <clears throat> I gotta um, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Bodell. She's a, she's an amazing she's an amazing person. Um, she's like you know what? Why don't you do something? We'll, maybe we'll do. You can call it Bridgeport Creates. Da 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 da. Mm. I was like oh, you know what? That might work. And I was like oh, we'll just shorten it down to BPT Creates. Right. Blah blah, blah. and we'll just use it as this kind of like wheelhouse for different various kinds of projects and stuff. Okay. So I started out, I had like this little small storefront on Main Street, which is actually the copy store right next to the tattoo shop, um, right next to the old market. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah, it's a, it's a copy shop now. Um, so it wasn't really ideal for what I had in my head because mm. it was broken up into small rooms and there was a counter set up in there. It was set up for an ice cream shop. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't really ideal for a gallery or a storefront. So right. we were going to turn it into like a uh, um, consignment shop for artists. Just bring down your artwork or mm. crafts and whatnot, make stuff and put it in there. So okay. 
part of my deal was with them was that if somebody wanted to rent the space, I had to move. Right. So somebody wanted to rent the space, I had to move. I got moved upstairs into like a really tiny space, which wasn't ideal for that. And at the time, we started this other project with the uh, NRZ and the um, the anti-blight department where we were painting plywood uh, and painting it to like doors and windows to board up abandoned, uh, abandoned properties throughout okay. the city of Bridgeport. We work with some of the— um, We got a lot of those. Yeah, so we work with a lot of prisoners <laughs> and stuff many. like that on uh, like on a work furlough, and they would come out and do, all the work, do some of the work with us and whatnot to board them up. Mm. They come out, clear the property, cut the grass, pick up all the trash and stuff, mm. um, and then we board them up. And it's crazy. The first house we did, it completed. Um, we finished like on a Friday. We got all the, all the windows done, the doors done, all that stuff, nailed up, did a little press conference with the, with, the, with the mayor and a bunch of people from that department and some state senators and whatnot. It was on the news. Mm. The following Monday, there was a phone book on the door. Damn. Mm. I was like, yo, it worked. Motherfuckers were quick. <laughs> it worked. It worked. It worked. They, thought it, they thought it was real. So, um, so yeah, that was, you know, after that, I needed something bigger. I was bringing in eight by, you know, eight by four sheets of plywood. I can't work in this tiny space. So they forgot they had this space that I'm in now, like mm. sitting in the back. Like nobody was in it. It was like a, it was a security office for the security company that was there. And then like one of the employees for the, the, the property management used it as an occasional yoga studio. Right. You know, other than that, it was just empty. And I'm like, oh. when I walked into that space and she's showing me around and they bring me down to the basement. And then, like, she's like, I, I don't know if this will work for you or not. Yeah. And inside, I'm like, oh, my God. This is perfect. This is great. I'm oh like, my God. I was like, yeah, I'll let you know. Maybe it works. <laughs> you got to keep calm. Damn, please. Keep calm, right? You know, I'll let like, you know. I'll let you know. And so, so like, I, was, I was beside myself. Like, ah, uh, when, they, when they show, I'm like, why didn't they, give me, why didn't they show this first? But, um, but, yeah, that's how the space was born. It was born in 2013. Um, this November will be our three-year anniversary. Wow. Of the space, I can't believe it's been three years already. It's kind of crazy, wow. you know. So a, a lot of dollars later, a lot of dollars later, <laughs> you know, we got a you know we got a pretty good model going. Um, we've started a lot of really really great things. Like I said, we you know we, I love Bridgeport. You know, got a finally had a place to to be born out of that. And, I asked you about that. Yeah. Now, what exactly is I love Bridgeport? So I, I see, love Bridgeport. I, I see a lot of community work in you know the standard uh-huh. third, but so. In Bridgeport, I feel like we're very, very efficient at uh, putting out bad news. Right. Something bad happens mm-hmm. in Bridgeport. Oh, this fucking city, this, 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 right. that, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn, yo. Like, I really like this place. I'm going to be here for this place. Bridgeport, like, uh, very underrated. You know? And I really wanted to highlight that. I'm like, yo, like, why are we so, we're so bad at promoting Bridgeport. But there's really good stuff happening in Bridgeport. There's really good people doing good stuff in Bridgeport. Yeah, I'm like, we need to talk about that. Word. You know, I'm sitting there and, I'm, and I read the news and then I look at the comment sections and then just everything that comes out of Bridgeport. It's just like people have so much to say, you know, about Bridgeport and don't even live here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even live there, I should say. Right. And I got tired of it. And I was like, yeah, what if we had this campaign that's similar to the I Love New York campaign? Like, that's pretty dope. You know, and I'm starting exploring the I Love New York website and I've seen other cities that have it too. And I was traveling to Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling back and forth to Montreal, um, you know, and those are cities, those are very, very major iconic cities that have carved out marketing campaigns for themselves. So when I go somewhere, one, it's a feeling, and the other two, I'm trying to see the science behind mm-hmm. how a place works, too, and how you build up that kind of fanfare, um, how you build up that kind of energy mm-hmm. for a place, you know, for a city. So I'm like, yeah, we should do this for Bridgeport, you know, so mm-hmm. I— 
draw up these logos and I create this idea behind it. It's not really fleshed out as to what it is right now, mm. but kind of the idea basically behind it was to create this vehicle mm. by which we could promote all things positive about Bridgeport. Right. You know, something that anytime you say it, it's a statement that you're making from yeah. yourself. You know, okay. I love Bridgeport. Right, right, right. You know, and whatnot. So it, it, it's not necessarily about, you know, you know, Brazil branch business. Loves yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, anytime you say it, or wear the shirt, it's a declaration that you're making for yourself. So it's it, it, it works in that way to personalize your relationship mm. with the city. It gives the city separate personalities um, to give to that city. And it, and it highlights that way, you know, people people here aren't that bad. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we can be on and off. Now... <laughs> I gotta throw the bad news. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's right. And again, like, you know, you, know you, you gotta take the good with the bad. True. It's you know, it's like you know, like any mother, father. Yeah, I love my son, kid, but he's a fucker. But <laughs> <laughs> fuck up here. Now, no? why are you such an advocate for Bridgeport? Because, like I said, we gotta take the good with the bad. You know, a lot, a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about yeah. Bridgeport. But, you know, with the Isle of Bridgeport, that that brings some type of camaraderie and like positive energy to the Bridgeport area. You know, why Why are you such an advocate for it? It's about energy. I'm here. Right. I live here. Pay taxes here. I pay bills here. Mm. My you know, my wife is here. My family is here. My friends are here. Um, why, why would I not want to be an advocate for a place I live? You don't, If you don't like this place or that place, there's plenty of other cities, you know, to go oh, to. There's a bunch of motherfuckers like that say, I hate Bridgeport, I'm moving. But then, like, three years later, they still here. <laughs> they can't get out. They, they, can't, they can't live. I'm moving to Atlanta. Atlanta don't want you either, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, like stay here, you know, rebuild this shit that you got right here. Yeah. This fucking hole in the wall. This is your hole. Yeah. This is your hole in the wall. Fix this shit. Hole up, nigga. Yeah. Hole up, <laughs> And the other part of that, too, is, is I feel like Bridgeport has, like, so much potential to become something else. Mm. Or something better than it has been. Mm. Um, awesome. I couldn't do that in necessarily New Haven because New Haven already has that built into right, it. Right. I couldn't necessarily do that in Montreal. I mean, I could bring a certain amount of, you know, USA with me to to Montreal, which is what we did. Like they, you know, we you know got the royal treatment when we went to Montreal and stuff. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't my. It's not my city. You know, right. I don't have that history. And then same thing mm. with Miami. Like you know. Yeah, I'm a very, very small. I'm a, I'm a tadpole. Yeah. you know, down in Miami, it's like, but Bridgeport is ours. Like we live here, yeah, right? we live and here. we can really, really make something of this. And I know I people. I love my hole in the wall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I, and I know that. other people that deserve to have their ideas, their concepts, their initiatives, their missions seen. And I think it gets greatly overlooked because of the you know, the prior images of Bridgeport mm. or some of the images they have focused in on Bridgeport. Like I said, I know this is really good. Like some of the best people I know, you know, live in Bridgeport. Live in Bridgeport, from Bridgeport, Bridgeport yeah. you know, I And I refuse to condemn you know what I'm saying? We all live in Bridgeport. Yeah, except exactly. This you know, and I, traitor. I, I refuse to condemn. This traitor. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> I don't want this traitor. I want my kids to have a better Anyway. Life. Anyway. Hey, you know what? Unfo- you know what? That's, that's the truth of the matter. Like the education system in certain parts is, is deplorable. And it, right. and it shouldn't be like that. And that's right, part of the right. passion, too, is like, a lot of these people deserve better. Like these right. people pay these taxes, you know, to 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 for this city or for that system to provide better for their kids. Right. And the fact that they're not, the fact that there's people in place that are complacent or people that don't even live here. Right. 
and that are making life or death decisions for you and your family right, right, that right. don't have to live with the the consequences of the decisions that they make. Right. That's what kills me the most about it is you right. have a lot of people that are in the decision-making process that don't live there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and they I make decisions. To, I wanted to ask about, you know, because it seems like Bridgeport, of course, over the last few years has been going through some changes with the arenas and everything that they bring into the city. So yeah. I wanted to see what your thought was on, you know, what Bridgeport is going to look like over the next five to ten years. Uh, Bridgeport is on its way to being gentrified. Right. Just like every other major city. I just got right. back from Atlanta um, in May. And I went to Martin Luther King's old neighborhood, which is the Fourth Ward, right. uh, what he liked to passionately call Sweet Auburn. Right, right. And his memorial and everything is there. And just to see the way that place is completely gentrified. Right. Like, it broke my heart. Like, yeah. how did all that money go to Atlanta? Y'all skipped over to one of the most historic neighborhoods, black neighborhoods in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Right. And whatnot. And Bridgeport, I feel, is the same way. But a little different you know, a uh, course of events have taken place there. And um, it's going to look very different. As you can see with Steel Point and everything coming in now. Right. Um, with Bass Pro, um, with the hotel, the movie theater, the McDonald's that's going over there. There's going to be a ton of other stuff. Right, you, go, right. you can go to Steel Point's website and see some of the plans for right. things that are coming real. up. Like they're putting on <clears throat> businesses. Like you, they're gentrifying. Yeah, they're, they're, they're snatching they're, up houses all up and down making, the East End. They're making it hard for people to live. They're making sure that you know you can get a you get a job, but it's only enough so that you can pay your rent. But oh, but the rent prices are going up. You have to be. I gotta put it. Yeah, the rent prices are going up, and actually, the credit rating actually for renting apartments is going mm. up on top of that. that's mm-hmm. the thing that people don't see uh, as well too. And part of us, you know, working a little bit in real estate or starting to work on real estate stuff, you used to be able to get an apartment. You could have like a six thirty, right? Six fifty. Now it's going up to... Actually, no, you can have like a 630. You can have a 620, actually, and right. qualify for like a good apartment in the North End or something like right, that. Right, right. Cases. Now you're looking at like a 670, now, yeah. 700. To now, get those same exact places. I mean, with that being said, how does the communities that we come from and have came from still manage to be able to stay here and grow with this? They're survivors, this. man. Like, there's some of the roughest, toughest survivors. People figure it out. People right. stretch it out. People kick it down, the, kick the can down the road a little bit. Right, right. Um, we're, we're very we're creative financiers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, whether whether we know it, like it, or acknowledge it. Right. Um, we, we figure it out, man. Like, it's it's just definitely a struggle to, to deal with rising costs and then, you know, in wages, Staying stagnant, yeah. you know, and, but Definitely. that's that's part of the also the part of the personal investment that we we kind of have to make in ourselves as well too. Right. Is just like, all right, I, I, this is my circumstances. What what am I gonna do? Right, I gotta figure it out somehow. Do I have to work extra hours? Do I have to take on another job? Right, uh, do I have to decrease some of my spending somewhere else? Right, you know, do I work out a deal with my landlord? And that, and that's you know that's some of the the the, the mental you know. You know, jujitsu people have to go through to figure out how to make it. Like, right. you know, and a lot of people like, to, like I said, a lot of people like to kick dirt on people at Bridgeport and everything like that. But and fuck them. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. I'm know, from Bridgeport. That's, that's, that's their home. I love you know, that's our that's our yeah. home. That's our place. And not everybody can just afford to up and bounce, yo. Like right. people are like, oh, well, just want to just move. Right. But right. what money? You know how much it costs to move? Yeah. You know how much it costs to secure another deposit? Secure a deposit on another apartment. You know how long I gotta wait for this lease to run out so I can actually leave without losing that deposit? Word. I just know 
um, Bridgeport, they're looking towards Stanford as the example, mm-hmm. you know, as to yeah. how they're going to do all of this. Stanford's cool, but Stanford doesn't have the culture. The culture. It's, right. They don't right, got right. it. Stanford is a corporate playground. <laughs> this guy is the spokesperson <laughs> for Bridgeport. This shit. <laughs> I love where I'm from. I love my hole in the wall. <laughs> okay. Words. As yeah. you should. As, as you should. should. Right. But, but I mean, it just, you know, it, it I look at it sometimes like, man, how, how, I mean, I know it's a positive overall, but like, because I work in Stanford, I'm originally from Stanford, but yeah. you know, Stanford is so expensive to live in. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it's crazy Book the amount. Stanford. Yo, shut up, man. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's expensive to live there. And I, I just, yeah. I, I say to myself in 10 years, are we going to see this in Bridgeport where it's going to be so expensive to where it, it, average people it's are going to be able like to this. live in. Everything that happens in Brooklyn affects what happens here in Bridgeport. Right. Right, right. Everything. And as it gets more expensive in New York, just push it down. Right. down the trough. Yeah. Down that coastline. Because they pushing everybody to the valley, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, that's exactly where people are going to yeah. end up at. That happened once, the first time, back, what, 10, 15 years ago? Right. And did that first push when Father Panic went out. And right, right, other right. Went out when the, when, um, Paquanix went out. Right. Mm-hmm. All them people ended up in the projects in, in, um, in Derby and right. in Ansonia. Damn. You know? So the smart thing that would be invest now, right? Invest now. Yeah. Go go up there now because that's where half of the people in Bridgeport. You saw the mill rate went up. Right. You know, um 29%. Right. You know, so when the when the market bounces back, right. And the home prices start to climb back up again? Right. People can't yeah. afford the taxes now. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen then, like, and you see the, and, you, and I'm like I said, and I say this from you know doing real estate and stuff like that. I'm always I'm always looking into the GIS system. If you guys don't know what the GIS system is, a geographical information system, right, for a city, and you can go in and you can look at homes, you can look at the purchase prices, you look at the sell prices, you can look at the square footage, you can right. see old images of the house, um, you can see a map. You can see different zones. All kinds of information is on this. And it's something new that the city of Bridgeport just recently released. A lot of other cities have them, too. Right. And then you look at what those houses cost prior to that, what people paid for them at the height of the market. I'm looking at stuff on the east end and east side, and that's the hot right. neighborhood right now. That's because everything is going to be close to Steel Point. It's going to be close to the train station. So east, east side, mm. east end, right in that area. And the home prices are very, very low in some over there. So jump into that now. Yeah, well, oh, they're, they're on it now already. I mean, they're right. snatching up stuff left and right, right over there, especially along the water. Right, right. But looking at what people pay for homes in the in the height of the market, right? You know, two hundred fifty, two hundred seventy five, three hundred plus thousand dollars. You pay for houses, and you look at the home price now. Yeah, it's like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So what is worth? You know, and then yeah. stuff you can snatch up there for like forty five thousand, fifty thousand, sixty thousand. Really? Yeah, that cheap. There's, there's foreclosures over there. There's bank, bank-owned properties over there. People just up and walked away from stuff over there. Mm. Like it's, you know, like when that when don't that, get this man to think. Please, when don't that get market crashed, <laughs> when the market crashed, yo, it crashed hard, man. People paid a ridiculous amount of money because they were just giving out money. Right. Yeah. At the time, exactly. You know, they were exactly. just giving out money. So. You three hundred thousand dollars loan? You don't got a job? You kind of got a job? You might get a job. Okay, there you go. Approved. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, and, and that's no exaggeration. That happened with a, a lot of folks. And then right. when it got real, and the market bounced, you know, went down, and wages stayed stagnant, and people couldn't necessarily afford, you know, their balloon payments right. on mortgages right, and right. stuff. You know, it killed people. Man. People were upside. People are still upside down in their mortgages. Yeah. So it's better for them to just psh, out to just walk away from it. Just yeah. Walk away from it. Man. It makes it's no crazy, sense man. to pay. 
pay that amount of money on something that's not worth no longer worth exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. You know? All right, now we got to wrap up soon. So I want to talk about at least two things before we get out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. So now you were in the Beat magazine, right? That's the Fairfield County magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how were you presented with that opportunity? How did that come about? I have been working with the Beat magazine for about three, four years now. Okay. And they are a huge proponent cheerleader for Bridgeport, believe it or not. Right, right. Bridgeport, and, Bridgeport. Um, they covered our Eat first. Some pom-poms, nigga. <laughs> That's Nicky job. <laughs> Give me a B. You got your B. You got your B. So, yeah. I got it. Yeah, Andy Liverant and uh, Wendy Logan, they are some of the most down-to-earth, cool, coolest shit people, you know, uh, I, I have met in a position that they are in. Um, they love Bridgeport, mm. even though they're not from Bridgeport. Um, they covered uh, they covered like all of our graffiti shows, mm. you know, because it was just really great content. And they were like, "Yo, you break up the monotony of Fairfield County, mm. Mm. you know, like Fairfield County is Fairfield County. It's lighthouses, it's you know, it's sandy beaches and mm. all this other stuff. But when you get to Bridgeport, Bridgeport is it like that counterculture? Bridgeport is Connecticut's Brooklyn, right? Right, you know? exactly. And um, she's like, and that's <laughs> that's the energy we get. We like Bridgeport because it's so contrasting to the rest of Fairfield County, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of really good things happening here. There's some fun things happening here. Uh, the people are, you know, are, are fantastic and whatnot. So they've always been like, you know, proponents of 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 us and of Bridgeport mm-hmm. uh, in itself and the artist community and whatnot. So, you know, just friends being friends, they were like, hey, listen, I know you post a lot of food stuff and right, you're always right. going to restaurants or trying new alcohol or a beer or a booze or Shout whiskey or something like that. Shout out to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, hey, do you want to, would you be interested in being, you know, in this piece with a couple other guys that are, you know, that are foodies, restaurant people and whatnot. Mm. Um, and just, we're going to just go hang out and we're going to talk about places you guys like to eat in the summer. Word. And going whatnot. I'm like, yeah, sure. Certainly. Shout out to Ken Tuccio, friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to him. <laughs> Now yeah, who's who, who's the other guy that was on the? That was Dave. Uh, he's a, he's a chef. Or? Dave actually is the district manager, a regional manager for Bar Taco, which is a subsidiary okay. of Barcelona Restaurants. Right. right. <laughs> Try to put you so on. You ain't gonna hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so he oversees like ten Bar Tacos. He travels all the north, northeast and down to Atlanta and a couple mm. other spots and whatnot. So okay, but he's been in restaurant management for for years. So. Yo, y'all still doing them bike rides to uh, two roads? We haven't done them this year yet, but yeah, we are going to start doing Oh, man, because I'm, oh, yeah, I'm trying to get Another thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> trying to get in on so, that. So, your bike got stolen yep. out your Nick shop. Nick hit out on Yo, it. yo, <laughs> on Facebook, that was the illest shit, yo. I was <laughs> like, where? Everywhere. It was like, yo, bike. It was like Debo bike. It was like, yo. It was like, yo, bike stolen. You see somebody with this big-ass bike, let me know. <laughs> and then, and what, what happened when they caught him, though? It went very, very... Smoothly, he it was like, won. yo, no, you no, know no. that ain't your bike. Give it up, space. What's the problem? What happened? Some of my people live in the area right. of where they saw the bike riding around, and because oh, that's a very distinctive bike. Yeah, it's like, a very distinctive, yeah, like, like, like the big ass wheels, the right? Frames, with the orange like, frames. Like, I know yeah. this nigga Roz. I, I, that's, that's that's Roz bike. Right, right. <laughs> like, I know ain't nobody else got a copycat bike. <laughs> <laughs> so. um... They had spotted it. They snapped a couple pictures. Right. One of my boys sent I'm me a picture on Facebook. Like, yo, Roz, I found your bike. He sent it to my other boy. It's funny, because one of my boys from high school knows one of my boys from middle school. Right. He lives across the street from where they found it, and they sent it to him. And they're like, yo, Roz. And he came up to the kid. 
Yo, what like, you want yo, to do, um, cuz? You want me to bomb on him? Say what's up, cuz? <laughs> and uh, he came up to the kid. He was like, yo, um, nice bike. Yeah, I got it from my cousin. I was like, yeah, no, you didn't. You know, <laughs> no, you didn't. Yo. No, you didn't. Come off that Huffy, my nigga. Come off that Huffy, nigga. What up? <laughs> and then he was like, um, <laughs> yeah, I got it from my cousin in the greens and blah, 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 blah. Oh, you like, did? Oh, you did? What's his name? <laughs> You're lying. He was like, yo, I don't, I don't care where you got the bike. It's not yours. Get off. Word. Word. And then enforces. I got a, I got a, I have to say this too. I got a Facebook phone call, so my tablet starts going off. Like, why the fuck? Is my fuck ain't nobody ever called me on. Matter of <laughs> fact, Nikki called me on Facebook <laughs> one time by accident. I ain't never got a call on Facebook. I don't even know what I pressed. I was like, it's calling. I was like, why you calling me, Nikki? <laughs> but yeah, you got a call. Anyway. So yeah, I got a call from my boy Vinny on um on uh on Facebook, and he's like, Yo, Roz, I got your bike. I'm being the liquor. I'm being in front of the liquor store for like 20 minutes. Come pick it up. <laughs> it worked. That shit's like, I saw I that like, shit. Oh, it was shit. like, damn. And it's crazy because I haven't seen my boy. I haven't seen him in like fifteen years, man. Shit, oh, we're man. friends on Facebook for a minute, but I hadn't run into him in person like right. forever, mm. forever, man. And then he's the one that found my way. He said it on my page, "Yo, Roz, I got you. I'm being a lookout. I'm gonna find your bike." That's what's up. And man. then, sure enough, That's sure enough, up. he was one of the many that was out looking looking for the bike. But I put it like that. I'm like, yo, how did how did that happen? Like, I'm like, yo. Yeah, the dude I just walked up in the, in the spot. What happened That's was the, love. the mechanics were downstairs in the basement working. Right. I had left to go to City Hall for a meeting for the Downtown Thursdays concerts that right. we were working on. And my other partner, he was in the he was in the gallery on the phone. And shortly after I walked out, he walked out. And okay. the door was still open. Oh, we leave the door man. open sometimes when we're there mm. or somebody's upstairs. And at just that moment, nobody was upstairs at oh, the time. Man, the mechanics were just... downstairs. They didn't really hear anything. Right. Guy, you know, from the surveillance camera, the guy walks in like he was supposed to be there. Right, hangs out in the shop for about 10, 15 minutes, and then wow, walks out. Yeah, now we do. Now we do. Small bike, punk. Yeah, got the shooters then, um, in there too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but everybody was amazed. Like, yo, I can't. Like, we put the post out on Tuesday, got the bike back Wednesday. Wow. And I I'm like, yo, how did you do that? I'm like, yo, I did a lot of good stuff for a lot of good people. A lot of people. Some bad people. That's, the, that's the love, man. That's the, <laughs> you know, I was I like, you do, you, love. you do good, you get good. I mean, that's from time to time, we look out for each yeah. other, you know, even with a bike. You know yeah, I mean? even when it's simple, it's simple Bikes as a bike. Bikes get stolen like the hood that, all the time. But, that you know. really, really, like, meant the world to me. Like, And that's what I'm talking about. That's, and that's, like, the basis behind, you know, I love Bridgeport and whatnot. Like, mm. we give away bikes, dude. Yeah, we give away bikes. We gave away seventy bikes to to kids this wow. past Christmas oh, at ABCD. Wow, bikes and helmets. You know, Shout out to that. I didn't even know about that. Stuff, so. Yeah, man, we got to go on a bike ride though, man. I'm, yeah, I'm dying gotta... to do one. I'm about to get a bike like I need me two one of them big now. fucking handlebar with the squeaking. <laughs> I need the diesel. <laughs> this guy got the coat. <laughs> <laughs> now another thing I wanted to talk about. So this alter ego. Thing that you got going on. So right. it's Razul Branch and then it's Razi Von Party. Yep. So what's the difference between the both of them? That was my uh, handle I made back in my promoter days and I just never changed it changed on Facebook. Because it. Right. it worked because I kind of wanted to keep the lives a little separate, mm. especially when I started the new company. So, you know, I was right. still doing, at the time when I started Mammoth 7, I was still kind of doing some promotional stuff mm. and I wanted to keep them separate. So when I was working with the city or Nonprofit groups or cultural organizations, it was either Razul Branch or Raz, whatever the case was. And then mm. there was party stuff, it was Raz around party because I didn't want everybody finding right, my right. Facebook page. Right. They didn't need right. to find my Facebook separate. page. You know, and eventually I just came like, fuck it, that's part of that's me. Yeah. Right. It's, what? Party? 
You know, I, I don't party as hard as I used to party right, right. back in those days and whatnot. But um, yeah, that's that's the only difference. I I I wanted to keep the lives kind of separate, separate. from who they were and, and whatnot. Because I was in, I've been in the newspaper. I've been on the um, you know on on TV countless times and whatnot. And you'll see my government. Mm. You know, on there per, per se, and I, you know, Google search is real. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, Very you Google real. yourself and all your shit, and your, your name has ever appeared on will show up. Word. And uh, yeah, so I just want to keep them separate. All right, time being. All right, now where can they find you on social media? Um, you can still find me the same moniker at Rosie Von Party on Twitter, on Instagram. A lot of our listeners are dumb, so spell that. <laughs> it's R A E. You guys aren't stupid. You guys are great. Say <laughs> <laughs> so you can't disrespect the listeners. Okay, hold up. Yeah, spell spell Rosie right. Von Party. R A H. That's because you know him. Shut the fuck up. V O N Party. There you go. R A. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. Exactly. Here we go. Come on, man. All right. So that's on Instagram, Twitter, or Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, keep, Facebook. Keep it simple. All right, right here. It's not like Rodimus Prime Thirty Six. Yeah. All that, all that wild shit. Eagle Waffle. <laughs> X KingLifeMediaGroup.com. Yeah, yeah. KingLifeMediaGroup.com. Follow me on uh, Instagram at K I N G X W U. And King Life underscore media underscore group. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Domino underscore effect underscore podcast. Follow me personally at HK underscore Domino. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Silver Nipple Nicole. <laughs> Silver Nipple? What? <laughs> it's an inside joke. Chill out. Oh, okay. It was a slip. It's a anyway. slip of the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, everybody. Silver Nipple Nicole. I want to um, shout out Poets Realm every Wednesday night. We have open mic at NY Lounge, Fairfield Avenue from 8 30 to 11. Um, every second and fourth Saturday at the Black Rock Library. We have youth poetry workshop for the children from 1 to 4 the next one is July 23rd. Come through. We have pizza, and the kids love to express themselves. So we have nephews. Shout out to the fat asses that like pizza. <laughs> I'm one of those fat asses. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I fuck with pizza. Um, also on Thursday evenings at the Black Rock Library, I host or I have um, a meditation workshop just to come. Get through, your zen right, niggas. Yeah. Come, come through. Talk, let's talk. <laughs> what not? It's for beginners to experts. Just another another spot to create peace in your life, or at least. Share your ideas of peace. Um, and you can find me on... It's in the description. You want to talk about that. <laughs> All right. So, Roz, thank you for coming through. Thank we got to do a part two because we didn't get into everything. I want. I got mad questions. I didn't even get the chance to ask you. <laughs> you so, we got to get to like a part two. You know when you got hey, the time. Hey, let me know. Yeah, let me know, guys. Definitely. Sorry, so, again, I apologize for being late today. Nah, nah, you good. This, this, this is crazy week. It's still yeah. pretty good one. We we caught you at a bad time because we ain't talk about downtown Thursdays. We ain't talk about, yeah. you know, Gannon. Starts this Thursday, shit. 21st. Oh, yeah, so 18th. downtown Thursdays. Might as well get the plug in for it now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, so downtown Thursdays is our downtown free music concert. Almost didn't happen. It happened. You know, shout out to the city of Bridgeport, city council, um, you know, all of our other sponsors that are, you know, contributed to it. Uh, the Isle of Bridgeport group, Mo's Burgers, um, 161 Productions, the Freedom Festival that happened today. Uh, and everybody else has been a tremendous help in that. You'll get a shout-out at some point either on Facebook or on the page. But we start August, uh, August, July 21st. We end August 18th, the first four concerts on McLeavy Green. The last concert ends at Bluefish Baseball Stadium, which is going to be this freaking major shit. So, yeah, so please shit. check us out. Starts at 5.30 this Thursday, continuing on with the August 18th. Word. Now, as the saying goes... 
I forgot what the fuck the saying was. <laughs> Yo, come on. <laughs> <laughs> too much for oh, these Yeah, too much Henny. One thing's for certain, we too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino. That's X1. Yes, sir. That's Nicky Nicole. Miss Exquisite if you nasty. And we out of here. Bang. Can I talk to you for a bike back. You know I wouldn't trip. What bike? The beach cruiser. The one I let you use a couple of weeks ago. The one I've been asking you about. Oh, that bike. Hey, no, you wanted it back, homie. It's right here. Follow me, homie. Yeah, it's just like it's both ours. We'll just keep it down at my house. Cool. Domino, motherfucker, what's that?